Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Scale Modeling Podcast. Here we'll be discussing just about anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, I would like to take a second and thank the sponsors for the Model Geeks Podcast, Detail and Scale, Furball Aero Design, and Sprue Brothers, as well as the listeners that donate to make this podcast possible. Now buckle up and ride along as we journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you'll download and make us a part of your modeling mid-sessions. Now, here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. Welcome to episode 28 of the MGPC, Model Geeks Podcast. This is Whitey in the Seat today. Crew on board are the usual suspects. I got D-Ran, I got Nemo, I got Thrildo here. This is our second episode recording on a Wednesday night. I haven't gotten a nap today either, so I'm kind of tired. <laughs> well, you're tired and grumpy because y'all uh, ended up at what? The, did y'all end up at the Green Turtle last night? Throwing throw yeah, down just, beers? Yeah. Two coldies and we yeah, were we only had a couple. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Um, Man, I was asleep by like nine fifteen. You and me both. <laughs> Jesus! But I got up at like you know four thirty or five or whatever it is. School night, man. So we're ready. To, all good. So that's good. You're ready to rock on the show, then? Hell yeah! I, I hope you can stay up late because I have a feeling this is going to be a long one. Let's hope not. This will be a good. One. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the listeners a long, think. Sh- a long show is good. Okay, man. Yeah. People like a long show. Keeps oh. them at their workbench longer. If it, as long as it's meaningful, right? I don't. It's think, gonna be very meaningful. I don't think they want me. us just like running our chops, just like talking. No. Well, that's nothing. that's up to you three. Bueller. That is true. Bueller. All of us. Bueller. <laughs> oh man! Hey, so the results of the anniversary giveaway were announced on our last episode, and. Uh, uh, go back and listen for your name and get in touch with us. We still have a few folks who haven't chimed in for the to claim their prizes. Um, hey, I got a, a message from message from Brian Vandenbugard, and he's congratulating Frildo on the pronunciation of his name that I probably just butchered. Uh, <laughs> he, he picked up a set of uh, Blue Angel decals in the in the uh, giveaway, and he happens to be a high school buddy of none other than Nick Kessel, one of what? our club members what? here locally. Yeah. Jesus. Small, Small world. world, right? Small world yeah. of model geek. Small world. Yep. Man. Yep. So, um, but yeah, okay. If you, you know, go back and listen to episode 27. Uh, we still have how many frill you have, you have the spreadsheet going. How many yep, guys stand by? Let me pull yet? it up. Or how many items haven't yet to be claimed? Oh, right. The, uh, one of the furball blue angel sheets has not been spoken for yet. One of the Furball F14 sheets has not. Both Sprue Brothers gift cards are still out there, have not been claimed. And the Detail and Scale F18 book has not been claimed. And the 48 Scale Tamiya F4B Phantom. Whoa. Wow. What? I'll right. claim it. Yep. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. So anyway, folks, if you responded to the uh, post... Go back and listen for your name. Uh, we'll give it a couple of days, and then we'll probably post a list of uh, the winners up on our page. Uh, that way you can have a little quicker access to who, who the winners were. And, 
get in here and claim your prize. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, so that that is as of recording today, which is Wednesday. The uh, what's the date today? The twenty or the sixteenth? Uh, sixteenth. Sixteenth. You know. So yep. by the time this drops, we will have. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and you know. Yeah. Well, what's our drop date? For this episode would be the twenty fifth. That's correct? right. Friday. Yeah. All right. So today being the twenty fifth, then we'll get the names posted up there on our page, Facebook page, and uh, so keep an eye out for your name. You might be a winner. Geeks, what are you in work on, man? Has it, has everyone gotten bench time in the last two weeks? I hope so. Oh yeah, I've gotten bench time. I am happy to say that I have had some bench time myself. Yeah. Back All on right. the back on the bench, getting some of them uh, shelf of doom yeah, subjects. I, I am in the, I, uh, in the paint barn. Got the got got one of them in the paint barn right now. So um, it's the uh, old monogram. Ravel, I guess it's just Ravel. I don't know if it's some the mail. Ravelogram or Ravel, the yeah, EA, yeah EA6A. Oh, that's um, a great so kit. yeah, it's, Man, those were nice kits. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty nice kit so far. I mean, yeah, of course, you know, got some seams and whatnot that had to be filled, and just the underside is a little funky, but the windscreen fits really nice. Um, and uh, we are we are in the painting phase. I mean, she is underway. So I'd. I'd li- I've got actually a decent, don't, don't we have a long weekend? I think we got a long, this yeah, is, man, this weekend, this is a long weekend. Yeah. So okay. um, stay or something, yeah, right? we're going to, we're going to keep cranking through cause I've already got the scheme that, uh, I'm going to do, which is that the playboy scheme that Marine, because is it VMAQ two playboys? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with the black tail and the bunny on it. So I'm, I've wanted to do this particular build for a long, long time because of those, <laughs> Whitey knows the story with those, the damn decals. eighty dollar decals. Yes. So I, <laughs> you had that, you had that pay. Or that I'm doing scheme. the same scheme. Yeah, man. Of course. It probably will be a couple of years down the road yeah. from now. So it's not like I'm jumping and copying you or anything like that. But I, same, same boat. Yeah. Man. You, I, I saw that decal sheet years back when it popped out, and I was like, man, I'm doing that one. Yeah. I, and and me, I I saw the sheet a couple times, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'll just buy it whenever. And then next thing you know, it's you can't find it anywhere. And so Whitey's like, I'm not giving you my sheet. That's the one scheme that I want to do. So um, it was the old impact decal sheet. So I hopped on eBay and damn it, if I didn't find one on eBay. And so I got in a bidding war with one other dude. And I paid 80 bucks Ooh. for that decal sheet, which is just insane. But I was so excited. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got the decal sheet. And then like literally a month later, them bastards freaking re-released it. I, I still bought another one. Just I was pissed. I'm like, I'm gonna buy another one for twenty, just because. Oh, so man. I actually have <laughs> that. That's so stupid. <laughs> that'll huh? show them. Yeah, that'll show them right. <laughs> so I've got. So I have two sheet, two sets of those impact decals, which are awesome. But I also have one of Furball, the electric intruder sheet. So, which is really, really, uh, man, there's so many cool schemes on there. So, yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Cause I got that same impact sheet. Cause I was going to yeah. do the same one. Yeah. But now that I saw that sheet, I went and got that. And I think they have, he has one on there. It's got a black radome yeah. with a shark mouth on it. So I think it's kind of cool. He's got a couple of really cool, of course, you know, leave it to Jeff to, and Furball to do awesome decal sheets and schemes. So, but I am pumped. I'm back on the wagon. I am back building and painting. Which I hope makes some people happy, especially good, me. Good. And uh, yeah, we're rocking and rolling through it, and hopefully I can get her done 
really not a whole lot of fiddly bits. I've got them. They're all prepped and ready for paint, sanded, seams done, all that good stuff. So I think I could probably cruise pretty quick through this one. There's not a whole lot of gotchas on this one from here on out. So that's what I got on the bench, which is sorry to jump in, but I'm excited. No, about, I'm excited about this one. Good, 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 good to know. Frildo, what are you doing? Uh, I'm still working on the uh, MiG-23, the Trumpeter 48 scale MiG-23. I have it all pre-shaded now. And it's ready for, I tried, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but on the horizontal stabs, I went ahead and tried the uh, the camo scheme out so that I could get my colors right and how I was going to fade them and stuff. And so yeah, it looks good. I got those and uh, thanks. And I'll get to the uh, the underside. And it's kind of it's a light blue underside and the Linden Hill. If you ever do a 48 scale MIG 23, I do recommend getting his decals because in his, uh, in his decal placement guide, he gives you a history of each airplane. And on the back page is the trumpeter kit forgot that depending on what, I guess, Buno number is on the, uh, for the MIG 23, they have stiffening plates that go, on in front of the intake auxiliary doors and he gives you a template for it. Oh, cool. And so you just take it and I'm like, that's what I was doing earlier. I was laying some mass, you know, some Tamiya tape on it and I traced it with a pencil and a straight edge and I just took it and I laid it on some, uh, 10,000, I think 5,000, uh, cheap plastic and then took my sharp scissors and I just cut it and just put it on there and I'll put that on there as the, uh, as a scab plate. So gotcha. So I got that and uh, hope to be putting some paint down on it tonight. All right. That's a, that's about it. Oh, wow. This is all I'm working on. Tonight? Do probably to, not tonight. Uh, We're going to be recording a while here. Yeah, buddy. we'll be here a while, huh? <laughs> I uh, I got to do something to the tracker. I have to fix the uh, the antenna oh, mast. Behind now we are going to take a shot, dude. I thought <laughs> yeah. we were past that. I did too, but it just didn't look right. And so I got another one and I, uh, I'm going to fix it, So which is... You know, we got the ODO coming up here in like ODO. What, 11 oh. days, 12 days. We'll get to that. Well, yeah. if you're listening today on the 25th, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Bottle show. Oh, that's right. Be oh, out that's there. It. Richmond Motor Speedway or whatever they're calling it nowadays. Uh, that's where, we're, and, that's where uh, we'll be. I was going some dialogue back and forth with the, uh, the owner of Linden Hill because that guy's got a lot of knowledge on Soviet aircraft and colors and stuff what's his background you know i don't know i never asked him okay and i met him one time at the jersey con i went to jersey con the first time he was there vending and i sat there and shot the shit with him because i mean he is super knowledgeable on oh he is man stuff yep it's like i asked him like the primer i was like hey would they be at that time frame because i'm doing an afghan war vet and so i said at that time were they doing the that yellow gray primer at that time. And he's like, yeah. no, nah, man, it's a, uh, it was a more of a green primer. Okay. That they had back then that they were using then. So, and I was telling him, I was like, well, it looks kind of like a, a Southeast Asia scheme. And he was like, pretty much. Yeah, it's what it is. Because if you look at it, if like a MiG 23, if you look at the top of it with the wings out, it kind of resembles, it's not identical, but it's, it resembles an F one eleven, And at the time, how were the F-111s painted? Yeah. And that Southeast Asia, like, wrapper, or not Southeast Asia, I don't think, but it had, like, the green, brown, and the other green wrapper. Yeah, around. PSYOP scheme. Yep. And yep. so, I think that's what the Soviets were doing, was copying that scheme, so. 
It's cool. I'm going to do a red 26. Nice. That's the one I'm doing. So that's it. DRAM, what are you doing, man? Nope. I'm still, uh, <clears throat> well, I'm still pressing on with the, uh, the Super Hornet, man. Um, getting close. Man, that is, that is looking Thanks, good. Bud. Yeah, man, you're almost done with that thing. Yep. Got- Ordinance is done, which is your favorite. Oh, God, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather go, never mind. Anyway, I'm, yeah, it's, it's getting close and I'm, I'm trying to get it done for ODO. So, you know, that's what in a week and a half, like you said, if you're listening, it's tomorrow, but for us right now, as data of this recording, yeah. it's a week and a half and clock's, clock's ticking on you. Yeah. Plus see, I got to make a trip to Jacksonville in between two. So I'm trying to, uh, to really push on this thing and get it done. But like the ordinance, I hate ordinance and God, you know, I put a, a metric ton on there. <laughs> Yeah, of, uh, yeah, I think you can get it done, man. Huh? Yeah, done by. I think I think you can have it done before. Oh you yeah, I'll, I think I'll have it done this weekend. You know, it's all fiddly stuff, RBF tags, landing gear doors, seat, things like that. But uh, things that eat up time. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I've had just a this thing's. Have been, you already painted the canopy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. It's all painted. Oh okay. It, <laughs> it needs to be dull downhill, dull coated, but that's it. And yeah, it's uh it's been a fun build, man, and. You know, I've learned a lot about about that aircraft too. I actually picked up. Uh, I want to give a plug real quick to uh, Dave Roof at Flying Leathernecks, man, because I picked up some of his uh, GBU thirty twos and the uh, GBU thirty eights uh, for this thing, and I did them all up in uh, inert ordnance blue death. And man, those those <laughs> those bombs, man, are really really cool. The detail that's in those, especially. In the uh, 32s with the uh, the metal uh, nose that's on yeah, the front. Okay. Mm-hmm. The detail on those is just incredible. Uh, and, uh, but, yeah, it's been a lot yeah, we, of fun, huh? We were over the house the other night checking them out, man. That You did a great job painting them yeah, up. Yeah, thanks. And just a lot of f- dry brushing them and everything. That looks really yeah, good. Was, now, what I do like how that bracket for the nose is a separate piece. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm talking about. And the detail around. on yeah. that is just incredible. And once you get it dulled up and you hit it with that damn, uh, that little uh, silver pencil and just mm-hmm. a little bit of, oh, man, it's nice. Looks really, really good. Now, you painted them up as uh, inert bombs, as you said. What color blue did you roll with on that? Oh, that blue. Oh, hold on a second. We'll start up again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that color blue. I actually uh, did a little research because I've never done uh, inert ordnance before. And there's actually an FS color for it. It's uh, 35109. Yeah. And uh, SMS Paints just happens to make that FS color. Wow. And, there you go. They got to be the only ones that do yeah. right now because uh, MRP uh, does. And, Oh, do they? And they okay. call yeah. it aggressor blue. I just happened to have a bottle of it. I bought it for another project. I bought it as aggressor blue. So I looked yeah. up in there. I saw the uh, the thirty five one oh nine. I said, "Oh my god, man!" And it it was perfect. It, it it's a great color. Yeah, there you go. International blue, right? So with MRP. Okay. Uh, there you go, folks. Thirty four one oh nine. Thirty four. No, 30, uh, thirty. Thirty five one oh nine. 35109 if you're going to do yep. blue death. Yeah, worked out really good. So I did the same thing on the uh the I made the AIM uh AIM 120s into a Cadm yep. 120s and the AIM 9Xs into Cadm 9Xs uh, and painted the blue. 
which was really simple now because it's just gray and blue. That's all you have to put on the damn things. Uh, right. It's a MRP 238. There you go. Good, Good to know. International blue. Good to know. I, I have a box of Dave's um, flying Leathernecks. Uh, the the practice bombs. Practice yeah. bombs, yeah. And, you know, and that, that was, I was like, man, what color blue are those things? That's it. That's all you see those things in. Mm-hmm. Is that blue? I need so. to get some of those too. Those are, if I would have had some of those, I would have used a myrrh. I would put it, I just loaded it up, put it out there on the wing. Yeah. You know, that yeah. would be cool. Those things look funny. I mean, it uh-huh. does. It's like, it, it looks cool, but it's funny at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So th- this aircraft is actually aircraft 302. Um, it's Buno number 168914 from VF87, and they shot down uh, an, a Syrian SU-22 fitter back in 2017. Okay. So that that's the aircraft. It's got the kill marking on the side. But I decided instead of doing it up in, you know, as it was. You know, Whitey, you talked about it with your F-4 you did from uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, I forget who the pilot was with the, had the mid-kill. Uh there you go. And you didn't want to do it prior to because it didn't have the MIG marking on it. You know, if you're going to do a MIG yeah. marking, you had to do it after. Well, it's kind of the same way. So I figured what better way to do it than like it's sitting at Fallon off deployment and it's getting ready for its next yeah. deployment, sitting there with its blue death on it and going out to the range, you know, to do, you know. Well, that jet will probably keep its kill marking on it oh, forever. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's already That's kind changed. Of what they do nowadays, it's already changed modexes. It, it's not. It's not yeah. three hundred two anymore. I think it's four ten or something like that. So, and it's still got the kill mark yeah, on it. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. They'll still keep it with that bureau number forever. Yeah. So it was yeah. like when I did a Fast Eagle one hundred two for my VF forty one and fourteen, the Gulf of Syria shoot down. Sidra, I Sierra, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I did it for the uh, right before it was launched. Yeah. So that's how I did. So it was before. Yep. See, and then it pain you to not put that kill marking on there. It did. And like the next one I want to do, my next 14, is I want to do the VF 32 uh, MIG killer for the gotcha. next yeah. Gulf of Syria. Sidra. Sidra. Sorry, Sidra. The <laughs> Gulf of Sidra shoot down. But I, I can't get a, I'm not a fan of the paint scheme. And they give you options to do a CAG bird. With the black tails, and you know that kind of looks kind of cool. Yeah, but that wasn't, yeah. That that wasn't the airframe that did the actual shoot down. Uh, so I'm just like, uh, I don't know what I want to do. Hey, real real quick before we go on, I want to give one more uh, quick shout out here, and that's to uh, Mike Reeves at Face Hanger. So I ended up ordering my TCTS pod from him, and it's one of uh, Rich Van Zant's uh, Flightline resin TCTS pods, which is a great pod, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it came in a dual pack, and the uh, pedos were broken off of it. And Mike, just being the uh, the consummate professional that he is, man, he replaced them without batting an eye uh, in some awesome. other way. Good so, dude. Uh, Mike, I really appreciate it. And um, Boy. That's great customer service that, right there. He's a hardworking guy out there with that uh, porn resin. Yeah, I mean, yes, he what. is. What What is that? Now, what is that pod again, just for the uh, uninitiated? The TCTS pod, it's uh, it's a telemetry pod, basically, is what it is. So it's, it goes out on the wingtip, uh, whatever station that is, one or nine, I think, on the Super Hornet. Yeah. And uh, okay. it sends back all the telemetry back to the tax range uh, and records everything. They can... They can look back at all the flight data, uh, flight parameters, uh, shots. It, you know, if it. You remember Whitey in, in Top Gun when they're in the tax pod and they're they're talking yeah. about, you know, cuts you smooth yeah. ever so, man. Yep. And you could see the two things. That's from the TC. That's from the pod. 
that right. use that data to yeah. build that um, stuff. Roger That's that. it, man. I'm, I'm familiar with what it is. I'm just filling in. Uh, the, the, yeah, sorry. The, the non-initiate. We actually carried those on, on a P3 one time doing a dead out huh. of San Diego. And I had never carried one before. And I was like, you know, back-end guy stuff. So I was like, man, all right. But I have to know, like, okay, what's the drag count on that thing? Because it's hanging off the wing. Um, and I don't even think we had one. I don't even think we had the list, uh, the drag count listing in our in our pub. And uh, uh, I don't know. I think we just well, made up a number because it's pretty negligible. You know, if, if you guys were getting involved in any type of uh, any type of uh, operation or anything that was going on out there with those guys, when you showed up as a P3 and everything you were doing, it was going right back to the range. So. So some fleet debt we were out there doing, uh, you know, so running around uh, with the boats and all that, yeah. all that Navy, Navy stuff. Cool stuff, man. Cool stuff. Right. What about you? Awesome. What about you? Whitey? Oh, what am I? Uh, yep. I've been getting some, ben- a little bit of bench time in this lap in the last couple of weeks. Uh, still cranking away on the Kitty Hawk FJ2 Fury um, with the Caracal decals I'm going to put on there for a local Paxbird, all blue type of deal. Easy paint job. Um, I got the wing assembled, attached, and the horizontal stabs in the rudder from uh, hypersonic models. Uh, another hard-working resin pourer, Jeff Kubiak. Man, he makes some great stuff. Um, the rudder and the horizontal stabs uh, just fit perfectly. I saw that. Uh, it looks uh, good. You know, took him off the pour stab. And the way he does his pour stabs, it's like paper-thin attachment. So all I'd use was an X-Acto knife to cut them free, clean a little bit of cleanup with the uh, with the sanding stick, and those things, you know, the, the rudder in particular uh, is attaching to the vertical stab of the kit, and you know, so you you would think, okay, it's probably going to be a little bit of you know fudge factor going on here. But nope, it was like clicked into place practically, and then the horizontals they just went on and uh, perfect perfect fit with those things so happy with those looks good i'm happy for you i'm being a kitty hawk kit and it's going together so well for you uh yeah oh thanks and it's something something i for myself and for the listeners that i'm uh i'm gonna start doing whenever it's my turn in the seat here uh is i'm gonna throw a little history about what i'm building and so that's what i'll do with this so it's yeah it's an fj2 fury it's gonna be a pax bird um and then coming off of uh the caracal decals it's uh, bureau number one three one three one nine three seven, uh, Modex number nine three seven on the nose. Um, that's typically where they pull a Modex number from, right off the bureau number, right? Uh, so this thing, uh, according to the JoeBauer.com site, um, Modex nine three seven was built as the eleventh production FJ two, but they redesignated it a YFJ two when it was sent here to PAX uh, to the Naval Air Test Center. Uh, it was. Spent this time here as a system, systems test aircraft. And then after it was done, they sent it off to uh, the Naval Air Reserve Training Unit out in St. Louis, Missouri, where it finished up its career. Um, the site doesn't say exactly where it ended up. I mean, the Boneyard, obviously, but what year and all that stuff is, I couldn't find any info on that. Um, but, you know, me being a history nerd, that's what I like to do is I'll usually research what the heck I'm building and find out a little bit of its history and pass it on to anyone that gives a rat's butt. All right, next up is going to be the news, the uh, geek news. But before we roll into that, I'm going to turn it over to our sponsor, Detail and Scale. I've been using their publication extensively on this FJ2 build that I just spoke of. Um, If you get a chance, get that book if you're going to build these FJ Fury kits. 
There's not a lot of research out there on these things, and these guys got them all covered from the FJ2, the FJ3, FJ4Bs. Uh, so take it away, Rock. Hey there, Model Geeks. Rock Rozak of Detail and Scale here, talking about our latest book, Colors and Markings of the F-14 Tomcat, Part 3, Prototypes, Tests, Evaluation, and Adversary Aircraft, by Bert Kinsey and yours truly. The book covers the 12 pre-production aircraft, all of the test and evaluation units, and the use of the Tomcat as an adversary aircraft. Almost half of the book is devoted to the three official paint schemes seen on the F-14, and a detailed look at the standard markings used, including a complete stenciling guide. The printed edition is $23.99, while the digital editions are $14.99. All Detail and Scale books are available in print-on-demand as well as digital editions in both Apple Book and Amazon Kindle formats. You can get more information, see sample pages, and get ordering links for our books at our website, www.detailandscale.com. And while you're there, check out our dozens of aircraft photo sets and the many scale modeling product reviews you'll find. That's www.detailandscale.com. And now, back to the Model Geeks podcast. Thank you from the folks at Detail and Scale. All right, Geek News. Um, Nats is coming. Man, we all know Oh, boy. Um, One of the big news with Nats right now is uh, a big rule change. Not a big rule. I don't look at it as a big rule change, but apparently a lot of people are. I'd say Um, it's a good rule change. I, I do too. I, I like it. A great um, rule change. But, but again, I'm not a rule thing. Yeah. What we're talking about here, folks, is uh, the basic kit build category is going to be replacing. I don't even want to say it's replacing the out of the box category. Uh, so out of the box is just no more. And what you're going to have now is basic kit build. Um, and there's been a bit of grumbling out there on the interwebs. Um, on this one, uh, I see it as a huge positive. Essentially, it's bringing back what was the original intent of out of the box. Um, and I think a lot of the, uh, reason for the change came from out of the box started to morph into, okay, I can add seatbelts. I can add an antenna. I can add some brake lines, you know, all this little minor stuff was building up to more and more pull the kit away from the spirit of what out of the box meant. And that's what these guys are getting back to with this build a basic kit build. It's, um, and then also in recent years, you've had these kits that come with, um, extensive lines of aftermarket, you know, um, you know, you can take the, you know, Edward is a good example. You have a, a Hasegawa F-14 kit or an Academy F-14 kit packed into a box with, um, lots and lots of Edward aftermarket photo etch resin, um, well, even my own tornado sitting up here, uh, that was an Eduard boxing of a Ravel uh, tornado kit um, that was, you know, packed with uh, resin wheels and uh, resin seats, photo etch interiors. Um, you know, so myself, I would never enter that into an out of the box category. That's just me. I mean, if, you know, you could, speaking, but you're, I could, but you're right. like, a, you know, a, you're like, hey. You know, just like all of most of us are like, you know, I, yeah. I, the spirit of out of the box to me was always 
just plastic, you know? And, Amen. You know, no, even though they say, oh, you can do seatbelts. No, nah, I mean, out of the box is just, to me, I it wasn't, it was just a, again, like the title implies, basic kit. It's just a yeah. plastic, you know, no photo yeah. etch. And so, you know, there are a couple of shows where a couple of folks were bringing in those big Edward builds. It didn't sure look like out of the box, you know, because it had half 20 pounds of resin in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of the griping may come from right now, like, you know, where, uh, you know, however many months, you know, July is gnats, right? And if, if you've been in work on a kit that you intended to put in the out-of-the-box category and you've added, um, you know, perhaps some seatbelts or, you know, an aerial, and, or if you have a kit on your shelf that you, uh, you know, had built a couple of years ago that you plan on bringing to this upcoming gnats and entered it into out-of-the-box because, you know, you've, followed the rules from last year or the year before now that doesn't apply you know so you have people grumbling there like oh i have this kit that i was going to bring now i can't bring it because you know i've added uh what was allowed before again yeah i mean you know, oh well <laughs> yeah yeah you, rules are the rules that's, man that's how i look at it. that's how all four of us probably yeah. look at it because we're we're oh well that's it move on type of you know exactly our, right you know that yeah. military mentality that we've uh had beat into our heads uh makes us go roger that that's the rule now so we, we, we this is what we're doing today it's probably going to change tomorrow but guess what guys we're doing this today absolutely <laughs> you, you know, know? And, I mean, we've all been there sort of you know it's yep adapt and overcome and, type of thing and why do you i think you you know well i think there's some unwritten rules here that like again lots of folks get it but you know, this is, it's sort of an, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of a, yeah, by the letter of the law before with the out of the box, you could put your Edward kit in there. But is that, again, we all very quickly were like, yeah, but we don't, be, we don't yeah. want to be that guy, like, you know, putting in, and, and again. It's definitely not the spirit. Yeah, of and I think that's what we what all try is. to look yeah. at is what's the spirit. And so I applaud, yeah. um, you know, the folks, IPMS uh you know leadership to go ahead and change that and i think it's great i mean i don't ever put anything yeah. in out of the box or basic kit build but you know it's it's again i i think that that's this was a good one this yeah. was a good change and fully support it and it's you know i think good so times. yeah yeah i mean i i think the challenge for me would to to build something out of the box yeah <laughs> no kidding <laughs> you know i'll i don't know how many times i've sat to you here opened up the kit yeah roll into it and then next thing you know, I'm, I'm loaded. Well, yeah. you know, I, I just, your intruder is out of the box. Yeah. You're that's, that's basic, there. basic kit so, build. There's, there's nothing after yeah, that. that's that plastic out of the box. Well, I'm going to put the remove before flight tags on yep, it. There you go. The only thing, cause I just love those. I think it adds yeah. so much. So almost every U S aircraft I build modern, you know, jet is going to have RBF tags. See, on I, it, I, I, I do feel that, even basic out of the box, you should be able to add stuff like that. I think you should be able to put an aerial on there or remove before flight tag. I, I think yeah. that should be allowed. It I doesn't just, really, yeah. you're not scratch building anything. You're just adding. Yeah, but a it's, a, it's the details. It's the details that some that matter. So like being able to replace antennas and putting seats and seat belts and all, it just, it adds to the, to the overall effect of the model. Yeah, I guess and, it, once you open so, the door, you, there's where do you stop? Exactly. Right? It's a slippery slope, yeah. you know? 
And and yeah. I, you know, not to switch gears because we can come back to this one or this topic I'm getting ready to throw out there is the sort of that, that, um, so I won an award at this particular model show, say a higher show, and then I enter it in a lower show. And that's a, we could, we could spend a whole show on that one. But to me, that's another one where I wish the IPMS rules were just a little bit more clear on what, what should you, cause sometimes it's kind of gray, yeah. but I think we all agree. Like if you win something at Nats, you don't enter it and ever again, ever anyway. again, period. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> Regardless, it's of category. done. Regardless of category, right? If you have that, would be me. I mean, that's again. I'm the same I'm gonna way. Go, I'm going to go spirit of the you spirit know, of the rule. I mean, you don't want you a bet. trophy hound too much. No, no. I guess I don't know. Nope. I'm with you. Um, but you, you know, so the I, I I came across the the grumblings and stuff like that. There was a thread on the uh, 2022 IPMS Nationals uh, Facebook page, um, and. Jim Clark, the uh, aircraft head judge who we met last year at Vegas, yep. he had he had a, a a good response and broke it down, uh, broke it down Barney style for everybody pretty much. Uh, but you know some of the highlights were, you know, we he says we have created a basic kit build category to try and save the spirit of the rule, which is to build what came in the kit and not a kit that has all the modern conveniences of resin, photo etch, and associated aftermarket that's commonly available. And he's saying all. All BKB, basic kit build, is trying to do is get back to the basics for those who want to build that way again based on a falsehood of needed extras to win. You know, because, I mean, that's where the adding antenna wires and seatbelts came from. You know, people were under the impression that, well, I'm not going to win it out of the box unless yeah. I enhance it some. Um, and again, once you, when, once you start adding anything, it's the slippery slope starts. And, Absolutely. Uh, and then next yep. thing you know, you're, you're, you're way away from what, what the intent of the original out-of-the-box category was, which is something I guess the membership screamed for way back when. I, I don't know the entire history of out-of-the-box. I'm sure someone out there will drop us an email uh, laying <laughs> it all sure. up for us. But, yeah. But I, I like the BKB. Um, yeah, me too. Who knows? I may even... Uh, I may even force myself to build a Heck basic yeah. kit. <laughs> All right, for our own um speaking of building, the A4 group build, I'm gonna here's a little update on that. Uh currently we have 146 members participating. And some of the noted man, there's some nice stuff out there right now on our on our page. Um some of the notable ones are uh Craig Sargent, he's building a 148 A4N uh in uh, civilian markings, contractor markings uh, from BAE Flight Systems, and he's scratch building an RM Tech three zero Alpha One target tow pod. I'm not what? familiar with that pod. I think it's a uh, commercial uh, design. Yeah, uh, I saw his drawings. Thing. Yeah, pretty good. He, he, well, that, I was going to say to the folks, if, if this is something that sounds like you're in, he provided a, a scale drawing on there, three view drawing. So it's something that's you know it looks fairly simple to make. Um, if you're adept at scratch building stuff, uh, and, and the, the marking is going to look really cool. It's, a, you know, the white, white scheme with the blue stripe on it, kind of like those old flight systems, uh, birds at the, yeah. I used to see tons of pictures of those on like air classics back in the day. Um, and then, uh, let's see who, uh, Robbie Knopf's, uh, he's, um, 
he's finished up a uh, VX23 bird, uh, Pax River bird. And that look, that thing just looks sharp with the uh, uh, tack gray and then the orange um, highlights on it. Uh, let's see. I, I, I got, do like uh, that one, I, but man, I'm a I'm yeah, a, I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, cool. I'm an orange. I I just love orange on gray anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. I, I just I think they have that exact jet he's doing sitting over there on the. At the I think museum. they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. It really looks sharp. So if you uh, if you're in town, Robbie, you can go actually see the uh, actual sitting down the street from us. Uh, let's see, Jeff, Jeffrey Kruger, he's doing a. Um, Fujimi uh, 172 scale EA 4F. He's got it done up in uh, in Q Mark and VAQ 33, and uh, that thing's looking sharp too. Uh, Stephen McCrory, he's doing a 72 scale A4 as well. He's scratch built some uh, Jado bottles for the uh, side they mount onto the um, speed brakes on the A4. I think I've seen pictures of that once or twice. Yeah, the Marines used them in Vietnam when they were loaded yeah, down. Yeah. To help oh, get them yeah. off the ground. That'd be a nice little aftermarket item to pop out. I bet someone could 3D print those things wicked. Oh, yeah. Man, man yeah. I, I I need to get again, I need to get started on my A4. Nat's going to be here before I know it. I'm going to end up doing like, here, I'm gonna end up doing a 70-second scale Airfix kit. I'm in the same <laughs> I boat. I haven't beaten. even decided what I'm doing yet, which one I'm doing <laughs> yeah. yet. I was talking to Whitey um, about that yesterday. I think it might be something I have to do it for my March Madness build. I, yeah, I, I might do that too, man. Two birds with one stone thing there. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I got myself in way too many group builds right now. <laughs> all of us, man. Yeah. yeah. I did. I, man, I, 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 uh, I put all the squirrels away, though. I got, I'm working on the A6 and I'm cranking through that. But I think as soon as I can get this one done or at least, you know, get moving along, I, I need to start probably a, starting the A4 next. Just because, yeah, I mean, Nats will be here before you know it. So. You know, th- there's so many cool different variants of the A4 oh, and schemes, God, yeah. but that's where I'm at. I was like, man, I can't, I know I can't decide. I, know I have several I want to build, but yeah. I, I can't decide which one I want to bang out to bring with me. Um, lastly, I'm going to touch on uh, Callum Gibson. Cal- Callum, sorry. Callum Gibson. He's doing an Argentine A4C. Cool. Uh, done up in Falklands colors and get on there and check out his paint scheme. It's awesome. He's, he's got decals going on it now. Uh, by the time this thing drops, he's probably done with it because he's really cranking away on it. <laughs> but um, I love Falklands War stuff, and uh, the Argentine A4C is one I would definitely like to do. Um, again, I don't know why Hasagawa doesn't keep that kit available to the public. I mean, you can find them on eBay occasionally, and, and they go in the, what, close to 100 bucks. I don't know. Scott, Daddy Walmart, so he <laughs> sold. You sold one. How did you make off that thing, man? Man, I, there I sold because I, I had you, the Falklands. You bought it at that sale. I did yeah, twenty. I bought it for like twenty or twenty-five bucks free, and oh, I bought like man. seven of them because it was. Jeez. I had the Falklands, New Zealand, Kuwaiti, uh, the Argentine, and there were a couple others that I picked up for twenty, like twenty, twenty-five bucks each. And Man, then I sold crazy. them all for like 130. Oh, and now I'm all buying them back. Man. Yeah, yeah, piece. yeah. Now I'm all buying them back because I feel stupid for getting rid of them. Oh, man, <laughs> the only I'll one that I'm what. still, the only one that I'm still uh, searching for is the the Argent the Argentine and the um, uh, what was the other one? What was the other one I was looking for? It might have been like the um venezuelan maybe there was one other kind of funky one mm. that i'm looking for but yeah sure. anyway there were two yeah. that i'm still i got the kuwaiti one back i got a couple of the top gun 
adversary birds back. Um, got the New Zealand one back. <laughs> did, you, did you pay? <laughs> I just I, pay more than a buck yeah. thirty for them. No, no, oh, okay. I uh, stayed my money. No, no, no. I, I these were all, like at Nats. I picked up two for uh, thirty. Almost free. One was. I'm sorry. One was thirty, and the other one was thirty-five. Almost free. Yeah, that was date. Like I walk. I literally walked in, and the rear plane detective was sitting right there. And I walked around the corner, and I saw two A fours, and I whoop whoop snag. Those are my first two purchases at Nats. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool. That anyway. that guy's always good for. Deals. Oh my goodness, yeah, man! I ended up spending yeah. like four or five hundred bucks. Good lord! Nice airplane, yeah. Uh, my my first Nats, not the first Nats I ever went to, and when I met Whitey and Frill, but the next one, I spent like two thousand bucks. When I was there, it was it was just Christmas every day. I was just like going nuts, man. Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. No. No kids. No. Uh, no kids. Yeah. No kids. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. All right. So A4, that's, uh, that, yeah. that's the update on our A four group build. Um, do we, did we even come up with like a cutoff date for that, or can people still just jump in? If no, they, they can like jump it? in. I know. I, I know. I see people. I just approve. Yeah. No, they can. Like, they can jump in. The only thing was is. Uh, you know, it's over at Nats, so we'll, we'll shut it yeah, off. Yeah. And then, uh, okay. you know, if you're going to be right. at Nats, bring it so we can put it in the uh, group entry. And that's what I'm hoping to see. I mean, I don't, you know, I hope a lot of people jump in the group build just to be building something, yeah. take part and share their pictures of what they're doing. Uh, but then uh, in the end, I hope a bunch of people show up out there in o- Omaha. And, what, uh, what is, yeah. is that going to be yeah. freaking awesome if cool. we have like 100 A4s like cool. sitting yeah. on the table? Damn, that would be cool. Are we going to buy a table for that? Yeah. How's that work? No, I don't think you do. I think that's a category. Okay. Yeah, it's a category. Okay. Well, either way, folks, if you're doing them, you're going to be in Omaha, bring them Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. We want to see you work up close and personal, and I think just uh, seeing a bunch of A4s together like that um, would be cool. It wouldn't be the first time either. Uh, I want to say one of the Nats down in Hampton had a uh, – a4 display only table. I think it was sponsored by your buddy Gil Hodges from Jack's. Um, and there was like, you know, a couple hundred A4s just. And his, his was, I think they were all 48 scale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that display. Yeah, that was cool. All right, new kits, man. I mean, the the hits just keep on coming with the new kits. Yeah, don't they? Um, you know, we, here we are, you know, we, we're recording today. By the time this thing drops, there's going to be more new stuff out there that we don't even mention. You know, so it's it's like we're always playing catch up when it comes to the new kits because they're just coming out so damn fast. Um, but irregardless, you know, some of the highlights out there was. Um, but you know, the hobby's dying, right, Phil? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's what I'm told, anyway. Uh, the hobby's dying. Find something else to do. And that's I, what's the the first one on the list, man. That is going, ICM. Yeah. God dang, that's going to be huge. Yeah, they continue to impress. ICM does with. Uh, yeah, they got this 135 scale CH54 Skycrane. Yeah, man. Yep. Well, <laughs> That's crazy, man. Here's some, here's some, uh, some trivia for you. I just I got bored earlier today. and Is that the name of, the, of this aircraft? Because when I looked at the box cover, there's, they call it a CH54 Tarhi. Has anyone huh. even heard that? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I think the Tarhi was the army designation for it, and the Skycrane was the civilian yeah. designation. Okay. Whoa, Frill. There you go. Pulling out the I knowledge. 
So I got curious Damn. about what a tar he was. Do you know what a tar he was? Did you go there? Did you go no, that I deep? didn't go and see what a tar okay. he was. Well, it's not a it's not a who or a what. It's a he. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess tar he was the leader of the Wyandotte people in the Ohio country. So hi to all our Ohio friends out there. Wow. Uh, yeah, his sense. nickname was the Crane. Oh, there huh? you go. Oh. You know, it makes sense. The Army names all their helicopters after Native Americans. Right. Yep. There you go. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's his nickname. See, look at that, man. Model Not geeks sure make people smarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to Google that, man, and there it was. And I was like, oh, it makes total sense though why they call him that. Spe- speaks. Yeah. Speaking of googling, <laughs> so this is like totally off the subject. Did you guys? <laughs> sorry, I got a Gabe. I love you, but what word did he use the other day on our text? Didn't he use like some? I I had. Oh. I was like. I'm pretty good with with English. I can speak more gooder, but <laughs> he used a word, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" So I had to Google it, and then when I Googled it, in the definition, there was a word that I was like, "Why oh, are they sycophant?" Yeah, I was like, "Okay, that yeah. was." I have not heard that in a long time. What? I'm like, "Way to go, Gabe!" What was it? Sycophants. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. not in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Gabe, way Texas to go. School system. Not, not Gabe, something you really want to be. No, Gabe making us smarter. And uh, yeah, that was, anyway, it was just totally off the yeah. subject. But man, I was just like, damn, man, that's excellent usage of the old L vocabulary. So, so <laughs> hey, real, real quick, the Sky Crane, what, what was the scale of that Sky Crane that won uh, Best 40, in Show there at uh, Nats? And 48 base? scale. 48 that was 48. Scale. Scratch Yeah, scratch yeah. That was 48. It was huge. I can't imagine God. the size of this thing. I wish they would. I made. wish someone would. I wish they would do. And I, you know, it's 53? No, the 54. <sighs> no, I'm saying you said I wish they would do. And then I blurted it out. Oh, oh, oh. 53. God, that would be I'd like crazy. To see, like, I mean, I, I can see ICM probably re-releasing a 48 scale version of this thing, too. Eventually. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I can Rolling with the 135 scale, you know, I mean, that's know, just giant, you know. though. I don't. Why would they do that? I, I, I yeah. could see them doing a 148 scale. I'm, I'm wondering what the uh, reasoning was behind doing a 35th scale. I mean, you know, just because it's you know it's army, so you're going to associate it with uh, tanks, yeah, maybe figures. I don't um, know where one would would display that. Yeah, where are you going to put that? Yeah, from the ceiling, <laughs> I guess. Make, yeah. From the ceiling with the Howard, it, it would be your it. ceiling fan. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be oh, huge. Yeah. yeah. I bet it's going to look pretty cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yup. One thing that uh, Justin told us about, I think it was today, he mentioned that, uh, I guess, February 18th, the res kit uh, F-111 fuselage, forward fuselage oh, cockpit sh- correction. Don't be telling people that's coming out. Was that it's Justin that put out. that Or was that, uh, that was Whitey put that out Not, there. No, it was Justin. Shh. Yeah, I missed that one. Oh, it, yeah. It was oh, I'm sure that's all over the internet like Nothing crabs. to see here. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. So, yeah, what that thing is going to do is correct <laughs> the deficiency in the Hobby Boss line of yep. 111. Yes. Yeah. If whoever whoever sees it first on Sprue Brothers, just buy four of them or five or whatever. Because well, I'm sure we're all going to want Do you, Who Who doesn't want I'm one? I'm already the talking The question is what... 
<laughs> the question is what version because they're doing it. I want the F-111A slash E, F-111C, F-111D, FB1, FB-111, EF-111, and then finally F-111. So they're doing the in all the cog because uh, you know who had a hand in helping these folks Oh, I think this. we know him. Our very own. Yeah. Mr. Jim, Jim Rotramel. Rotro. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. So, yeah. Mr. 111 man Mr. himself. The, uh, the so. man. Yeah. All right. ICM. Uh, getting back to them real quick. Uh, one of their other kits that I'm pretty uh, jazzed about coming out is the uh, Bristol Beaufort Mark 1 and the 1 Alpha. Uh, and also, here's a. Here's one my dad would went nuts over. He he loved Japanese stuff and twin engine torpedo bombers, right up there, top of his list. A one forty eight scale Ki twenty one Sally. That's going to be uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do it in forty eight and seventy two scale. Um, cool. I know. So, just- so yeah, I mean that's, I mean, great great stuff coming. A lot of. I'm, um, I'm really I'm really stoked about the Squid Game figures. Oh, I, see, that was next on my list. There you go. <laughs> have you watched that series? Yeah, it's messed up, man. It's no, messed I have. Oh, it's messed. I have not seen it. Oh yeah, it's, seen it. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's odd. messed up. And I was being sarcastic. I haven't man. seen I the first episode. Being a little facetious there. It's uh, yeah. So those are going to be in one sixteenth scale. If you're interested, so pretty. Big. Oh, I saw. I saw two ICM has. Uh, they got like that two fork two for kit coming out that has the uh the ov10 a and the uh o2 sky master and the ground crew with the pilots yeah adding yeah, yeah like a vietnam dio yeah it looks kind of cool that's awesome if someone would do a uh doing a the few re- with the like revenge. world war ii stuff too yeah the revenge thing yeah like a nom version there was a guy who, who was he was texting me uh, a while back because he was going to 3d print some of those things and um, I don't know. I just stopped hearing. From, he had a prototype done up. And, uh, you know, I, I sent them gouge on the measurements and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, for you 3D printers out there, Vietnam revetments. You know, the if you've never seen them, just Google any Vietnam F-105 photo. You're going to see an F-105 sitting in these things. Because that's my plan. I'd love to do a diorama with an F-105 or a 105G sitting in a revetment. Uh, getting ready to go. Cool. Uh, yeah, but I, I have, up, <laughs> I have this. Um, not even resin. What the heck is it made out of? Like pottery, or it's clay or something. It's heavy. <laughs> Tell as you shit. clay, right? Yeah, it's caliche. Yeah. Well, whatever they make, you know, it's like it's like clay tile, man, and it's it's just it's half of it's broke. It's old. It's been kicked around. I think I got it at um the firehouse sidewalk sale one time. Oh, the firehouse sidewalk sale. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's see what other news we got happening. Other kits. Um, there's there's some cool armor coming out in 72nd scale for the armor folks out there. Uh, they got a uh, Tacom's got a, a limited edition 72nd scale Leopard 2 Alpha 7 coming out. Now, that is a cool looking tank. I, I'd like to do a 48 scale one of those things. I'm going to do some 48 armor. And um, Black Dog Resident, also in 72nd scale, is going to do a Nimrod. Um, Bombay set, so I might pick up that. I got an Anfix oh, Nimrod cool. kicking around out there. So, Darren, what you got? What about a? I posted this the, this morning. I believe it was this morning or just yesterday. The uh, Great Wall Hobbies releases. They're coming out with a couple of new uh, 
kits there too. They're yeah. One one forty four scale B fifty two G. And uh actually the one seventy second scale F fourteen was it's a, a D. No, it's a one forty eight scale. One forty eight scale F fourteen B. No, I think it's seventy two. It? Sure. Yeah, look at the box, the kit number. Oh. It's like yeah, seventy two. Because I thought the same thing until I was corrected last night. Yeah, by I'll, I'll be honest with you. If it's anything like their 48 Scott, I, I really didn't. That was probably my least uh, excited one coming out was the F-14. But the one that I'm really stoked about is the F-15. The F-15E that they're coming out with. And then uh, their uh, SU-35 Flanker E. Now, the Flanker E is 48 yeah. scale. Yeah, so I'm really What's excited. the F-15E? Is the E model... Uh, so 48 scale 48 jet. scale i believe i'll double check that the, the e's they've had the e out for a while though it's i've got one it's it's really really nice you know yeah. and they've got and then the 32nd scale uh p40 oh that thing's just gonna be crazy. yeah it's gonna be cool yeah but I, i'm yeah. i thought the f15 there's their 48 scale f15 if i'm not mistaken why bother <laughs> when you have tamias <laughs> no uh, you know, speaking of new stuff, then you guys buy anything lately, man? I was yeah. bad. Uh, went by Darren's house the other day, Phil and I to do some photo, uh, shoots of, of some of our models. And, um, I picked up the OV-10A from him that he ordered up for us and, uh, the, uh, from again, ICM. And, uh, I finally got a chance to sit here and bust it open and take a look at it. It's a nice looking kit, man. I ordered a bunch of crap. <laughs> I ordered, I ordered the the team ordered or received. We'll cover what ordered. we got. I, I ordered a bunch of crap. I I, right. I but one of them was pretty cool. I got that new um, the ICM, the late Cobra, but I got the one with the helicopter pilots and all their gear. Oh, so see, I'm pretty Again, excited yeah. about that one. That one's going to be uh, yeah. And then I did pick up at Star Hobby. Thanks for carrying all the cool Tamiya products. But I picked up a bunch of new lacquer uh, metal paints. So like silver, aluminum, flat aluminum, uh, gun metal, light gun metal, You're going to love those, man. That LP11 yeah. silver, that stuff goes down like butter. But, uh, oh, it's great. Yeah. So I'm I'm yeah. pretty pumped about that. That's That was what I picked up this past couple weeks. So excited. Oh, awesome. All right. Frildo? Darren, y'all, nope. y'all, y'all blow any money? Nothing good. No, saving. no I'm saying up for ODO. Um, Tammy a putty for me, and that was about it. I, yeah. I got to do my forty dollars in raffle tickets, and you know. yeah. <laughs> your damn raffle. <laughs> the crazy part is, so was it Nats? No, 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 no. It was PenCon. Yep, PenCon. So Darren, as we all know, is the raffle hoe. <laughs> and I could spend a hundred bucks on a raffle, and I would win a toothpick, maybe, if that. But man, you won like you started bringing over all the kits. You won, uh, and you what'd you spend on raffle tickets? 40, like forty bucks. Forty bucks. That's all I ever spent. And how many? How many kits did you get? Uh, like, and they were nice kits too. They're all to like Tamiya like kits, ten, ten or eleven. <laughs> and they 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 were all Tamiya kits. I, you know, it's funny because that's the one show my wife finally went to. It, usually, when I come back from ODO, she looks at me. and She goes, "Oh my god!" I, I tell her I get these at the raffle. I only spent forty bucks, and she's like, "Yeah, whatever." So this time she's up there. She watches. We walk up. She goes, oh, my God, you want another one? <laughs> oh, my God. I want. Crazy. And then it got to the point where she says, 
let me go check for you. <laughs> and she'd come back with a kit. She goes, yeah. I can't believe it. I, said, I told you. I, I need to just like give you my money and have you buy the raffle tickets. Lucky. That's a, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Give him the money. Now, buy the tickets. Let to put the Darren charm on it. Around. Now, yeah, now, yeah. I'm, now I'm going to get the ODO. I'm going to start walking up to the thing and they're say, nope, turn around. I, they're not even going to put my money on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, all the other people who are buying raffle tickets, yeah, they're they're the the they're gonna be like, hey, goddamn, keep putting down, getting winning everything. What the hell? Oh man, yeah, maybe they won't say that. Maybe that not particular way, but you know. How come Garrett? How come Garrett always wins all the prizes? <laughs> I never win nothing. Damn it. <laughs> <clears throat> oh come on guys let's go to Chewy's yeah <laughs> sorry yeah margarita what a- one other thing I got in the mail uh, today uh, or, or yesterday rather um, Cat 4 Resin they make a K60 intruder tanker version conversion set oh you did um, put up some yeah. that's gonna be cool man yeah do it's it man the, uh, do it boss, uh, for the Hobby Boss A6 no, that's one A6A that's when you're gonna do VA35 I don't know. Got to find decals. And I might have some coming from a guy off of ARC. Because um, I want to do a Desert Storm K6. That was my ship, and, man. Yeah, they had some uh, some cool schemes. And the only decals that I know that are manufactured anyway are the ones from Afterburner on, on their Desert Storm A6 sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the other ones that are all AOA decals has some from the NAM era. Um, but as far as Desert Storm era goes... Hey, check um, with- Afterburner has some VA seventy five markings that I'm going to go ahead and uh, 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 again. I put out the word on the uh, forums. If, hey, anyone have these things? And this one guy responded. Might want to see if Jeff's got any, an extra old set of them laying around. He's got plenty of A six stuff, but no, he didn't do A six. Hmm. Yeah. Now again, I could probably codger together something to do with VA thirty five bird and um, and get it done. Um, you know, whatever. When I get to building it, I'll 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 look you do you do well. Uh, but Catpole resin, they make some really nice. It stuff. has to be Desert Storm, man, because the Green Lizards too, man. Back in uh, off the Enterprise, the Cag Eleven, back in the eighties, that was cool too. Especially with the uh, Cag Eleven with the dice, you know, emblem and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Gabe sent me some photos of some uh some of the West Coast birds. Yeah, that's from Desert West Storm. Coast. All, West like, Coast. They had. There. Uh, they had like the ID bands on the ta- on the tail yeah. section that looked pretty sharp. The uh, VA one ninety six main battery had big orange stripe, and then I think the green was as you mentioned. They have a big green stripe on there yeah, for their markings. Um, but looking at it though, it's um, they're, they're made for the Hobby Boss. It says for the Hobby Boss kit, but they don't specify whether the A six A or the A six E. So I got digging around a little bit of research and. Uh, the K6D photos all show them with the perforated speed brakes, and that's and of course no tram turret as well. So the A6A kit that Hobby Boss does comes with the perforated speed brakes, and of course no um, tram turret. So yes, yeah, and those and, were and the, I have one. I have one of those. Those were the too, old so steel wing, uh, steel oh, yeah, wing yeah. birds before they re, re, mm-hmm. re-winged them, right? So yeah, yeah. All right. Other news, shows and contests. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you're listening today, it's the 25th. Tomorrow, the 26th, down in Richmond, 
is the Old Dominion Open, kind of what we look at here in Region 2 as the kickoff of the show season. And it's uh, it's a big show. Uh, it's grown over the years, and um, we're excited about it. We're going to be there. We'll have a table set up, and um, as well as our club table, yeah, too. Yeah. We'll be hanging out with them guys. Uh, come by, say what's up. I'm probably gonna, I don't know, judging. I'm probably gonna jump in and do some judging. So I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna hit the hit the Mexican joint. Maybe we could go early, get an early lunch, and get back there for judging. There you go. We can do that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll play it. Yeah, by we'll play it by ear. But I'm. But I, I yeah. agree. Like you know, with PaxCon coming up, just you know, and helping out the fellow shows. You know, um, yeah. I, I think that that's. Um, I think we're all more than happy to participate. You know. Yeah, man. All good. Other notable shows coming up, we've talked about them before in the last episode, is um, April time frame. April 2nd, we got Mosquito Con. April 16th, Model Classic right up the road in Fairfax. And then, um, let's see, I have April 3rd, a Sunday show, kind of an oddity, rarity. rarity. Uh, BuffCon 37 is happening up there in IPMS Niagara Frontier. Uh, it's happening at the Knights of Columbus Hall. And uh, that come in via email from uh, Jeff Keenan. He uh, shot us an email, wanted to put the word out on that one. And then April 10th, uh, Region 1, Down East Con, up there in our old home state of IPMS, uh, Southern Maine. That's down there at Sacco. Um, Frill, did you ever make it to that show when we lived up there? No, nah, man, I was deployed. Yeah, I made it once. And then any other time, same same thing. I was always yep. gone. Uh, I remember made it, made it you sent me once. the picture. Yep. With your awards and your money. <laughs> yeah. And your so, filthy money. Money. I, I, I thinned the uh, stash at that thing and made oh, uh, made some good cash. I was practically giving stuff away because I was getting ready to move, you know? So it was like, I can't bring all, you know, it was like boxes and these things. Um, <clears throat> all right, then. So that brings you up to April. And then, of course, uh, we talked earlier about, you know, Nats is obviously coming up in July. Um, 20th to 23rd out there at Omaha, sponsored by the Fort Crook IPMS USA chapter. Um, I, I really dig their logo. I was looking at their page the other day, and uh, they got a big RC-135 on there, which is, of course, Omaha, right right there, SAC and Stratcom and all that kind of stuff, with all those cool 135 variants out there. And, the, and of course, the Navy EA-6, E-6, rather, not EA-6. Uh, used to dead out of there. Fun place to go. I'm looking forward to going back out there. Uh, but anyway, registration went live back on February 1st, and um, I believe it continues right on up to the Friday of the show. Um, but as far as online registering, you want to do that early, early as possible. Um, anytime after June 2nd, it goes up. Yeah. So uh, going back to uh, the Nationals, if I could give out a, a quick plug, we got look, we're, we're, we're going to be doing a seminar. We got that official word oh, from uh, uh, John right. Bonani today, man. So what are uh, we doing? So uh, for the listeners what are you doing? out there, mo- oh, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not what doing I, it. What am I doing? <laughs> Darren, tell me what uh, I'm doing. It looks like uh, the the geeks are on the hook for the uh, modeling modern U.S. Navy jets. So uh, look for us in a seminar up there. We're we're still working out all the details, but looks like we're gonna have us a seminar room set aside and be able to. Uh, Talk about some that. of our past experiences and how we do certain things with the modern naval jets. So that's going to be fun. Look for be awesome. Looking forward. Yeah, it'll to be it. good times. Yep. 
That sounds good. Should be fun. All right, folks. So those are some of the shows in our neck of the woods, IPMS Region 2. Let's see. If you're looking for a show in your area, get on the IPMS USA website. Take a look at their events calendar to find a show near you. And uh, while you're there, check out the club listings as well. Uh, If you're not in a club and you're looking for one near you, that's a good place to start. Lots of benefits to having a club to hang out with every few weeks. And uh, and we'll talk about a little bit of that in our main topic later, Um, being part of a club's. All right. Really beneficial. I apologize. Here it is. AMPS 2022 International Convention is Thursday, April 7th, 2022 till Saturday, April 9th, 2022. Wow. Okay. Two day report news. Yeah. Wow. At the Marriott. What we'll the shoot Center. down there? We're going. We need to go. And it says we- AMPS judging training. We should go. So I'm, I'm on their website. I got a tank. I got two tanks. There you go, man. One's out. One out. One is out of the box, and the other one is not. <laughs> Unfortunately, that one I might have to miss. We'll see. What? What's more important than models, yeah. man? Uncle Sam might think I need to go overseas yeah. for a little bit. I got so. a thing or two to say about that. Yeah. Oh, on their announcements tab, it says Amps Judging Training is online. Oh, yes. So that might be something for worth. For us to check out. I'm not judging armor anytime soon in my life. Oh, wow. There are six <laughs> lessons. I'm going to leave that to the pros. <clears throat> I got AMPS judges certification training lessons one through six. And then AMPS diorama vignettes judges certification training. Vin what? Yeah. Vignettes. Vignettes. Isn't that a donut from New Orleans? Oh, that's, that's a, a beignet. Same. That's a beignet. <laughs> a beignet. A vignette. A vignette. Come, on. Come on. Oh, you mean the vignette? I'm so, I'm so the, glad uh, you're here, Frivo. You're taking the heat off me. Uh, Amps Table Captain Certification Training. So they got a lot of good training on their uh, their website. So Cool. All right. Yeah. I'll stick with Whitey's uh, statement, If you're though. interested in judging <laughs> armor, that's the place to go. Get your training certs up to date. All right, Darren, while we have a moment, could you tell the listeners how their support of the show greatly helps us out and how they can do that? Yeah, you got it, Whitey. Uh, I want to start, though, by saying that our supporters over this past year have been nothing short of amazing. It's been those supporters that have truly made this podcast possible, and all four of us thank you. If you, uh, the new listener or listeners out there, are interested in supporting, then there are two different ways that you can support. The first is by doing a one-time donation. You can do that by simply clicking the heart icon in the top right-hand corner of our webpage. By clicking that icon, you will be taken to our PayPal Me page where you can make your donation. It's that simple. The second way is by visiting our Patreon page. There you can donate as little as $1 a month. And I want you to know that any contribution helps to offset the production of the cost, and it is greatly appreciated. I also want to take a second to remind everyone out there that there are other scale modeling podcasts out there for your listening enjoyment. And a list of those podcasts can be found at www.modelpodcast.com. I'll put that link in the show notes so you can all find it. Once again, I want to say thanks for downloading and listening. And most importantly, thank you for your support. So, All right. Thank you for that, Darren. Let's go. Hobby Shop shout-out time. 
via email again from Jeff Keenan of IPMS Niagara Frontier uh, when he dropped me that email on the uh, upcoming BuffCon. Uh, he also wanted us to give a shout out to Section 8 Hobbies there on Seneca Street in Buffalo. You're right off of I-90, real convenient to get to. Um, says a great local shop of theirs up there at their club. Uh, so go check them out. That's uh, Section 8 Hobbies. Google that stuff. Must be nice to have a local hobby shop, I tell you what, man. <laughs> yeah. I hate not well, having well, a Scott, shop. you were just oh, up at Star Hobby, though, up in Annapolis. I mean, that's the closest we've gotten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. if supply-wise, great shop. I mean, all the, all the Tamiya products, you know. Um, Did you see the Revell rack? They got all the Revell stuff in there, too. Yeah, yeah. All the new stuff. Um, and all the Vallejo, the full rack of Vallejo stuff. So, um. If I could just get him to carry Aqueous, and I'd be a happy camper. I will say the one yeah, thing: I, I wish he would take his uh, his tools and supplies and kind of, you know, <laughs> put all that in <laughs> one little <laughs> area there. But it's yeah, but it, but, it, but but he's got he's got it all though. He you does, know, you he have, does. It's kind of fun to search around for stuff. But you know, I was able to find one. I, I mean, he had a good supply of tape. Yep. That to me, a tape will sell out really quick. And and putty and paints and jo- all just everything you know and even his kit supply while it's not his kit selection is not huge he still had like a lot of modern new stuff just not a lot of it but yeah. i definitely there were several kits that i was like man nah, i've just bought a whole bunch so i didn't buy any kits but yeah last time i was up there he still he had, had some of the uh, kitty hawk stuff do you have some of the kitty hawk kits there still he did he still has a whole bunch of them yeah yep asking a pretty penny with collector's price yeah too. Yeah, a little little steep on the prices, but hey, I mean that's if you want a Kitty Hawk kit, and he, I mean he's got them, so go get them <laughs> before they're gone. Yeah. Sorry, until somebody go hit them. Yeah, until go hit them up. Yep. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to uh, hijack your hobby shop shoutouts, but so that's the only yeah, cool one we got. Uh, that's the close one. Yeah, yeah, it's Section Eight Hobbies in Buffalo, New York, folks. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff Keenan, for dropping us. Uh, that and um i'm sure the folks at section eight will appreciate it too all right uh tool and tip of the week um you know i'm building this fury and i hate painting canopies like most people do um so when it comes to canopy masks i'm on board man if there's one available for a kit i'm buying it you know six or eight bucks time saver um mistake saver any everything else swear saver <laughs> i have to well, too. I have to admit whitey so i i whipped out an old set that i had of vinyl masks for the ea6a and it took me all of about 5 minutes to mask the canopy or the yeah. the windscreen and uh, cuz they fit pretty well and i was just like why don't I use canopy masks? Yeah. You know, I'll, you know, I'll spend hours masking with Tamiya tape. Now, it, it looks pretty good when I get done, but, man, it takes forever. Yeah, you know? a mask and a oh. uh, sharp toothpick when you're done. Nothing better. Yeah. Yep. Frodo, what, yeah. Edward, uh, Edward also makes, they call them T-Face masks, and they're, you know, laser cut, but they give you another set to do the inside of your canopy. So if you're like me and like to paint the inside of the canopy, you have another set of masks to be able to go ahead and mask off the inside of the canopy. Yeah, I'm right there with you. They're more, you know, they cost more, but. You really paint the inside of your canopies? I do. 
Yeah, no. because it depends on the a, jet with me or the it's aircraft. a peeve of mine. Like you do it, like a you know you paint it and then it's flat, but inside the canopy shine, is shiny yeah. because it's clear because it's clear plastic. Yeah. yeah, you know, so you got. So if I can, I do. Like I did the A four. I'm gonna do this Mig twenty three. I'll paint the inside of its canopy. I did. I did on the Hornet too. I I do the same thing, Frodo. I'm right there with you. I, and what I do is, uh, I take my mask and I Xerox copy them, and then I use those and I cut a second set off Tamiya uh, masking paper, the the big paper, mm-hmm. and use that for the inside. You know, in uh in mask too. Now, like on a windscreen, you don't have to worry about all the way forward because it disappears. You can't see way up there. It's just really around the canopy bow and or the uh, windscreen bow. But with the canopy open, I I do all of them on the inside. And I maybe it's 22 years of working in and out of cockpits. You know, it's just I have this thing about them being shiny, like you were just saying. And, too, it gives you a chance you can – you know, weather yeah. them up because they do get scratched up and beat up and stuff on yeah. the inside from the air crew, you know, oh, yeah. stuff, hands on it, climbing in and out. Well, of it, I so. do. I uh, take it and I uh, uh, hit it with some flat black and then dry brush it to bring out some of the raised detail. Maybe hit it with the uh, silver uh, pencil for some scratches and mm-hmm. call it a day. But, yeah. Some kits make it easy for you. Like the Hasegawa F-14s, they give you that insert that you glue to the inside of the camera. Yeah, the Ming Hornets like that, that too. They give all that to you. So, yeah, I think the hard the hard part I've found with masking the inside of the canopy is getting the tape perfect so that you don't have some weird lines or weird um, sort of demarcation lines from the inside to the well, outside that you can or you can't see. And so, I've I've masked the inside of the canopy, but just the framing. Just real something that's simple to do, like an F sixteen. Yeah, I do mask the inside because it's just such a big right. piece. But um, usually, like windscreens and stuff, like man, I don't mess with that. You know, it's just hard to see. What I'll so. do is I will mask the outside of the canopy or the windscreen, and then I'll shoot it flat black or OD green, whatever interior green, and then after it dries, I use that as yeah. my guide to lay the inside mask because now you have the tan color of the uh of the mask and it gives you something to do you pull off the again. uh the mask on the outside first because then, no, cause then how do you how do you know where you're laying down because you got paint on it so how can you see right. where you're laying down the edge if you can't actually see it because you can rotate and you can look and you can see if you have because you can see the, the um, paint the, yeah, you can see the paint and you can see the Yeah, edge. the paint being out there instead of it being clear makes it easier to see where that hard edge is. I mean, I could see being able to see the – because when I've done it, I'll, I'll paint the outside, pull the mask off, then I'll mask the inside so that I can have a nice crisp yeah. and be able to see exactly where the line's going. Yes, yeah, so you can do that I way don't too. have some funky looking – it's more work. Then i got to remask the outside, but then I just lay tape over everything yeah. you know but right if you're careful yeah. you pull it off easy you can reuse it i'm just i i'm, I'm trying to be a lazy modeler now <laughs> so i don't think i'm gonna be painting <laughs> inside of the masks anymore you know or masking the inside of the canopy yeah because I'm, I'm i'm taking i'm taking notes off of our episode whatever it was with spencer it, it really is yeah. like on the the uh, windscreen you, you, it's a very valid point you, you you can't see all the way up past the uh the uh 
the glare shield in all the way up there. So it's really just the bow and maybe where it makes yep. the, the turn forward at the bottom. Yeah. That and that's it. Tracking. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, simple. that's two minutes. That's a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah easy day. Yeah. Got you. I'm just, yeah, I don't have a problem doing yeah. it. Yeah. I've I've seen, Cause I've so seen long. the canopies or the, the windscreens where they try to mask the inside and you pull it off and you can see that it's not even or it's crooked. And that's just, I'd rather have a shiny inside that's nice and even than crookedness and where it's, you know, pops up on one side or it's thicker on the other or thin, you know, I just think it looks, it looks better to just be nice and crisp. So anyway, that's just me. Like anything else in modeling, it's, if you want it to look good, be careful. Yep. Take your time. Yeah. And like I said, canopy mask is just something that I think are a cheap investment in time saving and uh and, you bet whitey a good appearance in the end and what got me thinking about it was the uh that avro anson that's coming out in 48 scale i was looking at you know oh, yeah. drawings of that thing and that thing's just a flying greenhouse and i was like holy cow i so hope somebody's doing a mask and set for that which i'm sure they will be um and i was like yeah so I, you know usually I, I gauge it on like how complex a canopy is like anything world or two greenhouse i'm i'm gonna search high and low and get a Get a canopy mask for it. You know, you devastate as Avengers, SPDs, or any of the Japanese stuff. Yeah, two or three people die. Oh man, yeah. You need like, uh, yeah. Yeah. You there's no. I mean, unless you want to spend just hours cutting and measuring. Oh no, thanks. You know, and I I see so many posts out there on some of these Facebook groups of these guys that are like, I don't know how. How do y'all mask this stuff? And or or they'll they'll make their own mask or they'll use liquid mask and, and you know, stuff will just be everywhere. And they're all like, Oh, that looks great. That no, you know what? I, I hate, <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It really doesn't. And $5, $5, yes. $5 well spent. Fix that for you. You know, well spent. Yeah. most people don't have that patience to cut. Like if you're doing a greenhouse world war two, I mean, I don't have the patience to cut out and do every single, make my own right. mask for every single window, you know, um, that's, that's just a lot of work. So I think masks are just essential when you're doing those big greenhouses. F- five, six, seven dollars can make a brand new model look like a pro. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. Yep. Cause I mean, that is one of those things in modeling that beginners go, how do you, yeah. how do you do that? How do you paint that canopy frame? Well, here's a mask, you know, real simple. And I've seen guys that like pros that are used to doing it. They're like, oh, just use the bare metal foil or, or regular uh, transparent uh, tape and uh, then cut it yeah. out with an exacto. Uh, oh, man. That's, oh, that's that old is, school. It's, it's no longer. That man. Is, man, that is. When I started uh-huh. out, that's how I was doing it, man. Yeah. Putting that cellophane tape yep. across my windscreens yeah. and sh- cutting and it stuff, out. With and it. Like, taking an exacto. <laughs> well, oh, oops. It never go straight. And like, oh, I, crap. And you got to slice it. Damn I did the same thing with Parafilm M, you know, which worked great. It yeah. had its, it had its purpose. But guess what, guys? We don't walk around with clubs and hitting women over the head, dragging them by their hair anymore either, do we? So, you know, come out of the dark you ages know? and get masked. Am I supposed to do that? No, no, nah, sorry. Oh, you need sorry. to stop. Uh, if you're doing that, you, you, you really need to stop. <laughs> Good point, Darren. Good point. But anyhow, we're not in the dark ages anymore. It's, it's five bucks. Make you look like a pro. Five bucks. It's free. That's free. It is free. That's free. And a show they're cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> yes no shipping <laughs> and if you got somebody that's a good as buddy as uh is whitey over here you say whitey 
while you're over there looking, I need something for a devastator. <laughs> and he'll come back with three sets, man. Man, why do you can find you know? that stuff faster than anybody I know? I, I, I'm, I'm well, just like, I'm looking for a help. Oh, yeah. It helps when the vendor has everything in numerical order. Ah, uh, thank you, Matt. Yeah, because you can, you can, you can grab your foot. Yeah, Matt's great at it. Matt from Hobby World USA. His uh, vendor table is very well organized. Everything's in numerical order. Easy to find all that Eduard stuff. Because that's a well, you know. And who else is um? Well, Eduard themselves when they've been at the NAS. Yep. Man, oh yeah, that's yes, fantastic. Super organized. Um, everything's yeah. Th- th- that's key. But you're re- but you're relying on another guy. Another modeler who was just rummaging through that to put it back in That's order. That's a true statement. I was, and you know, I was as well as I say, do, man. not everybody is Don't like, okay, it's an order. So You know what? That, they just go through and just stick them back in the that thing. That feeds so into a muscle show etiquette. And the person who does that needs to be taken out behind the the gym and beat with the cane pole. Shame, <laughs> <laughs> shame. Can I give a, can I give a quick C story here? Absolutely. Okay, so, so don't be that guy, but also don't be the guy that you know, if you're at a hobby shop and let's say I am looking through decals, like a big selection of decals, don't be the guy that walks up and go, hey, man, have you seen any 30-second scale 109 decals? I'm like, and in this like <laughs> these thousands of decals, and and then I'm probably going to say something like, uh, well, I don't know. I I just started looking through. Okay, yeah, man. If you what's a one or nine? If you see any, if you see any, just like like you know, pull them out for me. So I went through all these decal sheets, and he would come back. Hey, man, did you find any like Corsair a thirty a thirty eight thirty second scale Corsair sheets? How about those one or nine sheets? Have you found any? And he's okay, man. Well, just let me know if you get any, man. If you, if you find any. So I spent probably a half hour going through. Uh, I mean, I hundreds of sheets. I hope you bought every one you found. Hundreds of sheets, right? And so I did. I found a handful. For, like, I'm like, well, shit, okay, here's one. I'll pull. All right, I'll put these over here. Oh, there's another. So I probably had a handful, somewhere probably between seven and ten decal sheets after I went through the enti- all of them. And I'm like, hey, um, he comes over. He goes, hey, man, did you, did you find any? And I handed him a stack. And I'm like, yeah, these are the ones that I found. And he literally was like, he goes through them real quick, and he's like, "Oh man, I don't like any of those." And he threw them back down on the stack of of the. I, I was like, "Were they in numerical order?" They were not. They were just oh, yeah. just tons of them, you know. Yep. Yeah. Behind the gym, and, cane pole. Yes. Yes. I, I was just like, "Who in the Sam Hill is this clown?" Like, I just spent a half hour going through decal sheets, and you're like, "No, man, I don't, I don't like any of those." The dude walks off, and I was just like, "Holy jeez, oh Pete, man!" Uh, so if some crazy dude comes up to you and says, "Hey, man, can you find me some whatever sheets?" Say, "I'm busy. I'm sorry, I cannot accommodate you at this time. If you'd like to find some decal sheets, you're more than welcome to go through these yourself." Now you just look at anyway. him and say, "Yeah, man, no problem." And then when you get yeah. done, he walks. Did you find it? I didn't find it. I said, "No, I found a shit there ton you. of them. Here you go. Have fun. <laughs> They're in there." <laughs> Asshat. Yeah, I found a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so, folks, if you run into Scott Nemo here at the uh, Model Geeks, if you run into him at a show digging through decals, go up and ask him. Uh, he's very helpful. He'll be more than happy to uh, lend a hand, yes. find you find you what you're looking for. 
yeah. scale is not important. Whatever you're looking for, he'll he'll find it for you. Just just be, yeah. I dare you. Courteous. Come and ask me. That way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. um, Let's take it to mail call. Mail call. I don't know what it is about whenever it's my turn to do a show, but we get tons of mail, which is great because, you know, we we want people to write in and everything. Right, Scott? Hell Um, yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. And so we did, we got a, we, we got a lot. Now, when I say a lot, I mean, it's like, I don't know, I got like six or eight here, but the thing about it is the content of them are fantastic because, yeah. you know, excellent questions and stuff that's going to lead to some great discussion here, I, I'm sure. And, um, so I went ahead and, uh, responded back to those folks and, and we're going to go ahead and bang through them real, not real quick, probably, but. Quick enough, but we're going to get some good info out of these things from the uh, from from you guys, because uh, what some of the questions that are asked are right up right up our alley. So <clears throat> I'm going to head off with a uh, Robbie Knopf's, uh, who we mentioned earlier. He was he he banged out an A4 in our uh, A4 group build, and um, just to plug him, also he's AKA the model guy on Facebook. So he's got a uh, Facebook page, YouTube, up. and a YouTube. Okay, no, on great. YouTube, yeah, this is YouTube, YouTube and channel. Facebook, yeah. Okay. Check out his work. He does great stuff. Um, but he wrote in, uh, as he says, you said to hit you up on the podcast for 60 info. Um, I don't know who said that. Probably you, Scott. Uh, Probably. Since you're a 60 guy. Um, just wondering if you've built the Academy 135 60 Sierra and what your thoughts were. Kitty Hawk ones are hard to find, and my local hobby shop has the Academy ones on hand. I didn't even know Academy does a Sierra, but... They Again, do, I'm yeah. Not, it's um, actually, I'm not a Hilo yeah. 35 scale guy. I know. Yeah. Now, my immediate thought was, uh, you, Frill, though. I know you've, uh, haven't you, you've built an academy. 60, I've got the Sierra you? up here, too. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, I, I've, right. I've tinkered with it so I can provide input if he'd like. Okay. Well, what, as he asked, he says, the Academy 135 Sierra, what are your thoughts on it? So the Academy kit is awesome. Um, it's super easy to build, well-detailed. It's one of their more modern. It's one of the later ones from Academy. Um, it's You have to remember, the Sierra is just a truck. It really is. It's it's a Tacoma. It, is that like the Blackhawk, quote-unquote, Blackhawk, the, the Army version that the Navy uses? Or? Basically, yeah. So just it has, of course, the transition section is a little bit different. The head um, is a little bit different. Um, so the, the gearboxes okay. are a little different, um, but the tail wheel, the main gear, the basic okay. airframe is the same, you know, it, it does have a few other things, you know, again, just beefed up for, um, for sea operations. It's just, you know, it's just tougher. Well, and for, um, doing vert wrap, correct? Cause isn't exactly. that what replaced yeah. the 46? Yeah, yeah, the Sierra did. So, okay. you know, all the HSC squadrons, um, those all took over. The 46s all took, you know, the 60s all took over for those old HSC, um, you know, or HC squadrons that used to be, you know, uh, yeah, equipped yeah. with 46s. Okay. So, but but back to the kit, sure. the kit is fantastic. It's it's a really good, that Sierra kit from Academy is, is a very nice kit. And if I was going to build one, I would build that one over the Kitty Hawk uh, wow, kit. Wow, really? Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Nice. Now, yeah. why? What? I know Gabe is knee deep in a. I, I'm again. He's he's doing an ASW one though. Yeah, What's he's do, he's, doing, he's doing a Bravo. I think he's doing a Bravo. Oh. 
Okay. Yeah, I think it's a yeah, is my it a sixty knowledge. My yeah, 60 it's a knowledge. Well, he's, That's okay. he's so, using a lot of resin from his plugs, though, isn't he? He's uh, yeah, and building. he's building a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's cranking out. You know, hopefully he'll he scratch built the uh, dipping. Yeah, all the because when the Alf's um the Alf's equipment in the back, he built all of that scratch built, which in all the consoles, yeah. the SO. Um, sensor operator consoles and whatnot, those are all scratch built. So that's, I can't wait to see Gabe's when he finishes it. It's going to look, it'll look amazing. But yeah, I, I think that right. I would go with the Academy if you're building the Sierra. So that's probably good because he ends with, don't want to sell my first bond for a Kitty Hawk if I don't need yeah. to. I mean, and so. the Sierras can carry, you know, I mean, they can carry a lot of different weapons so they can carry, you know, there's hellfire that they can carry. There's the gal 21 that they can, I think it's a gal 21 that they can carry. Um, yeah, there's the, um, the 20 mic. Yeah, like so that's 20, like a modern Yui, right? With that. Yeah. The, the, oh. the 20 millimeter gun, they can carry that. Of course, all the AMCM gear is carried by the Sierra vice, any of the other variants. I know that a, a while back there was a guy who built and now granted how many people that flew, AMCM gear, so airborne mine countermeasures gear on an H60. Nobody in this, I think I'm like the only modeler, right? That really understands that gear. And I, you know, when yeah. I worked at the program office, that was my program. So I know that shit better than anybody. And there was a guy, I just didn't have the heart to tell him he had spent a ton of effort into building a 60. Um, but he put all the AMCM gear on the wrong side. Mm. He had the wrong pod with the wrong cradle. Like wow. now I would, yeah. I didn't say anything because first of all, it's just not my place to shit on somebody's build. Yeah. When, yeah. Cause he did a great job with what he did. He just, I wish that I would have been able now, to, if it was, if it was early on, I would have, Hey, Oh, then I definitely would. I didn't see it yeah. until after it was finished. And so of course I'm, yeah. I was just like, well, that's cool. Now, I mean, there were a bazillion things that were sort quote, you know, inaccurate, but I didn't give a shit. Cause I was like, Hey, he did a nice job with it. Yeah. But you know, th there were, I have to admit, but that's, who's going to know that there's nobody in this world is going to know yeah. those particulars that I know for that helicopter. So I was just like, I would never get on a forum and shit on the guy for a beautiful model that made the cover of fine scale modeler. You know, I'm not gonna, but yeah, there was, there was a lot oh, wrong. Cat that's yeah. out of the bag now. Yeah, it's out of the bag now. Anyway, but uh but it's it's a nice build, but I would bottom line is I would build the Academy Sierra over the Kitty Hawk. So, Scott, let me ask you, can it you, you say it can carry a gal? Can can it carry any other, you know, like uh APK there's a 20, or you know, any forward it, firing weapons? Yeah, well? I mean, there's there's kits Maverick, for Hellfire, Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know about Maverick, but Hellfire, well, Hellfire for sure. Yeah. But they, it's, you know, and again, I'm not a fleet Sierra guy. I was just a tester on Sierras. I mean, I'm not a test pilot, but I just did operational tests. But, but still, um, you know, there are certain kits that could go with the Sierra, whether it's a 20 mic mic, yeah. whether it's the Hellfire kit or the AMCM package or whatever. And each one of them come with it, its own set of gear that go on each particular side of the hel of the helicopter. So, because you could turn a regular old, that's the that's the beautiful thing about the Sierra, is that you can turn it into depending on the kit that you put on the helicopter, you can turn it into you know a like a saw a Cesar bird yeah. or a vertret bird or a mine countermeasures bird. I mean, so there's a ton of different things that you can search and rescue bird. You can do all kinds of stuff with just these kits that come in plug and play with different mission sets. So it's a pretty versatile aircraft, and it starts every time you hit the start button. 
Yeah. It works and it's got air conditioning. It's got air so, conditioning. So I, I, I do have the Sierra up here on my shelf, the Academy Sierra. Which one which one do you what's what's the is it the one with the tridents on the on the front cover? Which one is it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's that's a good one. I yep. I had that one and I sold it and I'm I, I need to buy another. I need to add that to my that, list of kits to buy. That would be cool if I could put, you know, your a, list of kits to rebuy. Yeah. If I could build that, that put a gal hanging out the window or out the door yeah. with uh it's a cool, man. They, PKWS launchers on the side and yeah. oh that'd be cool as hell. It's cool, man. And they get beat up, so they're really weathered. Yeah. They're all just beat to hell. You know, and they there was um Fly Girl, she used to paint up the tails. And some of the tail art that I've seen on the Sierras is just unbelievable. And she, Fly Girl Painter, she did up a VX1 bird. I don't know if she did an HX21 bird, but it was unbelievable. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. And she did a bunch of the HSC2 and all the HSC26, 28. Man, she did all those birds. They're really, they're really nice. They're cool. Now, see, this is great. Yeah, that lady did some great art. Yeah. Yeah. This is great stuff for our seminar at uh, Omaha. You know, you got these yeah, Hilo man. questions, man. Bring them. We got Scott sitting yeah, there. Those He's are, a those are easy resident ex- expert. But uh, to, to Robbie, easy. I do have the uh, Sierra up here on the shelf. So if uh, he, you know, Robbie, if you want any pictures of anything or you got any questions, just you know, PM me on Facebook and yeah, and Robbie, I'll I mean, if you whatever I got, and if you have specific like questions about the sixty, just just shoot them to me, and I'll be happy to help you out. And, if I don't know the answer, um, I know where to go to find it. <laughs> Just since I work you, since, since since I work in the H sixty program office. <laughs> you're right there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You have any questions, man? Just just let us know. It's all good. There you go, Rob. We hope that took care of uh, your question and gave you more info than you need than you, than you know what to do with, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Moving on from that, Stuart Halton um, doesn't say where he's from here. Uh, this one's going to provide some, some meat for some discussion as well. Um, he says, uh, hi guys, previously I've only built world War two prop birds, but I'm getting the jet bug. Um, he's, uh, he, he, he posted up some photos of the, of an ME two sixty two he did, which are fantastic. So if you go back and look at our email thread there, um, trumpeter 32 scale, two, six, two looks really great. Um, but next up he says it's going to be a Tammy is Tammy is F 14 a, I might upset the purists by going for what for a what if Royal Navy scheme. Um, anyway, enough of the preamble. I wanted to ask about the weathering. Boom! There you go. There's some the meat for the, for the discussion. There are lots of photos of filthy tomcats, but I'm trying to work out what I'm seeing. Uh, what is the dirt on a carrier based bird? Is it oil, salt, soot? Are there particular focal points with different stains? Um, I've seen modelists spray orangey yellow on the rear undersides. What causes this, and does it come from a particular point? So, first of all, going back to is it oil, salt, and soot, all of the above? Yep. Um, <laughs> orangey yellow on the rear underside, engine oil all day long right there. Yep. Um, go ahead, Darren. What do you got? Chime on in here, kid. That's uh, that's timely. And, uh that's, yeah, it's a timely email because I was I was literally just talking to a, a good friend of the show, uh, Sean King from Prime Model Works over YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Uh, he and yep. I were talking on the phone the other day, and he asked me that same question, and we got to talking. Um, and 
I'm going to give you my favorite answer. It depends. <laughs> because, I mean, let, let's face it, an aircraft on the beach didn't get as dirty as those on the boat. So the ones that really got dirty were the ones on the ship. And, you know, to going back to the conversation, what I told Sean was, is what lends that lends to that is the environment, man. When you're yeah, walking around the flight deck, your boots get greasy. The 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 resting gear has uh well what we call gob grease. I don't even know what the mil spec was now, but the resting gear's got grease that's smeared all over the jet, so it's on your boots. You've got plane captains with chains around their shoulders that are covered in BVL eight hundred or or light oil that have rust all over their gloves now. Everything they touch turns rusty. Uh, so everything just seems to be 10 times dirtier than it is on the beach. Um, you know, if, if you got, I think I always thought it, I always thought it was funny that they call it non-skid cause that like oh mid cruise, man, that is so slick. It is. It's not non-skid. It is just oh, and like the condensation skid. on top yes. of that. And then the rust and it yeah. just, you know, you're all over the place, but the jets on the boat are just flipping nasty. And I remember, uh, work on the flight deck, we would have our net night check guys with their uh, flashlights doing landing gear and drop tanks because they could see them. <laughs> and day check would be out there cleaning, you know, the rest of the airplane. Just trying to keep them as clean as they can with the spray cleaners. Um, but they were just always nasty. So it, de- yeah, it because depends the on the environment. Standard airplane, the standard airplane washing goes away when you're on the boat pretty much. Well, yeah. you're seven day on the boat, but you're right. You're you can wash it in 10 minutes later, by the time you move it from the fantail back to the bow or from the bow back to the fantail is, is dirty. Yeah. Again. It just washes. So I, I like what That's he, all it does. He, he specifically calls it, you know, some models spray out the orangey yellow on the rear on the sides. And, uh, you know, I immediately thought any oil right there because I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's a cool picture of a VFA one Oh three F 18 F excuse me. It's making a uh, left hand bank, you know, a left bank turn. And the ass end of that thing is just all filthy. And the Tomcats yeah. were notorious for that oh, yeah. orange kind of filthy grease. Uh, I'm sorry, engine oil underneath. Like that's, there's a couple of yeah. cool pictures, you know, but I mean, it, uh, you, you, it depends, you know, are you talking early on in cruise or late in cruise? Cause the late cruise birds, I mean, whether it's a Hornet or a Tomcat or what a A6, what a yeah. A7, whatever they're they're really i mean duh they're yeah. really nasty after and i mean the airplanes six, get, months. you know it's not like they don't get taken care of they get taken care of very well um but you know you're wiping down that oil that's leaking out of yep. you know you, like anything else it's gonna leak um and but a small leak of oil turns into a giant smear of oil yep. and um it's i mean th- you know, it just gets compacted com- compounded with everything else that's going on you know darren said you, you know I remember you flight deck gloves. Oh yeah, the black leather ones that they would give you would just get, you know, soaked with everything. And so the minute you touch the airplane and run up, rub your hand down the side, you got a giant smear mark. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about just like on your model, like you know, one of the things that I hear from a lot of people about panel line washes is that you know certain particular pigments and certain particular, like the Tamiya um, panel line wash, the enamel. Stains real bad. It it does, just like a real aircraft. So sometimes yeah. don't sweat the if you use the enamel panel line wash on acrylic or lacquer, by the way, don't use it on enamel. <laughs> don't use it on model master paint. Um 
And but it's the staining is okay. Like you can go back. Let's say it stains and and you can't get it off. Then don't be afraid to just mix up a really thin batch of paint and just lightly go over where the staining is. It'll blend it and it'll look, it'll give a really cool effect rather than just that, you know, sort of stark kind of stain. So don't be, just because like, you know, if you use like, you know, you use some stain or I'm sorry, you use some enamel panel liner on your acrylic paint or your lacquer. And it like, to me, a white or yellow, just, it just sucks it right up. You know, you eat, no matter what you just remember, just put a little, put some thinner, nice white coat, whatever the color is, just overspray it, man. It'll blend it in right away. It'll look really good. So not to mention too, you know, the Navy, you know, they're always fighting corrosion control. They're always fighting corrosion. And so you have 12 Charlie who goes out there and takes care of the corrosion control on the aircraft. And then, you know, they're painted a certain gray back at the beach or they get from the depot. And then they go to the paint locker on the boat. And guess what? They don't have that gray in the paint locker. And so they grab whatever, whatever color. I've seen there's like that Colin, our good friend Colin, he put a, I think it was, it, he had that website, but a reference on ARC for like, you know, Navy work aircraft weathering out sea. And there was one or so there was somewhere where they had purple paint. And it was because when they did the corrosion control 12 Charlie, all they could get was the purple paint. And so from like the grapes, the V4 guys. And so that was what they touched up the airplane <laughs> up with was purple. And so it had spots of purple touch up paint on the fuselage. Yeah. Well, why didn't I just answer the post on uh Facebook about the uh, green, the green primer on a super yeah, Hornet. And that, the primer. I had reached out to a, a buddy of mine, uh, Rick, who's a uh, retired, that, that, that picture has been circul- circulating for quite some time. And I was asked earlier, I think it was earlier this year or last year, actually uh, uh, about it. And I reached out to him and it was his squadron. Yeah. He, he came back and said, well, that's, that's what they had. That's what they used. And it was like you said, Whitey got to make this next sortie, right? So we had to get it out of 84 day and up it went, you know. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, when when you think about the uh, engine oil, and I'm going to go back to the legacy Hornet days because I never deployed with Super Hornets, but we talk about the orange and the orange tint and the paint from the engine oil or the uh, red yep. from hydraulic fluid. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna compare it to our scale models, and you see some other uh, uh, higher end scale modelers that use flat paints to uh, let the uh, washes absorb into it to kind of give that oiled uh, texture or that oiled filter. Well, the Hornet was the same way. All Navy jets are that that paint is a, a flattish type paint, and man. I forget what the mill spec is for the engine oil, but it would turn a yellow pond six orange. <laughs> I mean, mill twenty three L six ninety nine. So it would turn. That's a mobile, right? Mobile oil. Right. Sure. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it would turn a yellow pond six orange. So I know it's clear when it goes the, in. Yeah. Whoever whoever out, won the contract is. Yeah. Is but <laughs> but that gray paint it would just absorb into it, and especially on the other side where you had yeah. the light ghost gray, it would really just turn it yellow or, or red for the hydraulic fluid. It was just it was nasty stuff, man. <laughs> but it gave some great shades, didn't it? It really does give some. Good oh yeah, man. There. That's 
that's why, well, like, you know, whenever I'm appreciating, and I always try to get folks to just try, use some different colors yeah. underneath when you appreciate. Use browns, reds, blues, greens, yellows, or use whatever you feel like using, and then just experiment and spray those really, really thin. Once you get your pre-shading down, just spray those really thin coats, and you'd be amazed at the— Do I dare the, say tonal variation? Yeah, I, man. I really want to I mean, use that word? Yeah, maybe. But it's just—I think the big mistake that people make is they, they don't have the patience to lay down the thin coats. So there's—because you, you got to spray it like 80 or 90 percent thinner, 10, 20 percent paint— in order for that subtle color, those subtle colors to show through. And a lot of times guys just, they are spraying 50-50 and they'll spend all this time pre-shading and then they'll just 50-50 it. And the next thing you know, they're like, man, we can't see any of that pre-shading crap. And I'm like, yeah, because you freaking sprayed super, <laughs> you know, thick paint over it. You got it super thin. It took too long. Oh my goodness! Here we go again. Yeah, yeah. You just patience, patience. patience is the yeah. thing. Yep. So, um, I meant to say that Stuart started out his email with, "I recently discovered your podcast and working through the episodes at my bench." Man, that is That's perfect awesome. right there, Stuart. Listening at the bench is the best. I love it. <clears throat> All right, next one is um from uh Peter Woodward. He's out of IPMS Roscoe Turner. Oh, out there in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, Roscoe Turner. We've heard them a couple he times says, from the um, other pods. Yeah, yeah, the Mojo yeah. guys um, are somewhat local. They, I know they go to their yeah, show. Sure do. They they make the trek out there, um, Dave and Mike. <clears throat> Peter says he's been listening to the podcast since last summer and have enjoyed your content while driving to work or at the bench. Again, <laughs> I have a question about alignment and how you guys go about making sure your stabilizers and landing gear are straight. I'm working on an F-18 Hornet. With the vertical stabs, I don't know a good method to make sure they are at the correct angle. Boom. Darren. You know, so that, that got me thinking, of like, the, all right, the correct angle. Hopefully the kit exactly. is going to take care of that for exactly. you. Didn't Dave Roof um, have a jig? Does he? Did Dave yeah, Roof he did. The the yeah. I don't know if he makes it anymore, but, yeah, he's got you know, a Hasegawa with kit. the... Uh, because there's always slop with it. Yeah. With the angle, yeah. I you know, I, I try and match up... I, I do this so simply. I try and match up the uh, uh, the gaps at the bottom where it attaches and just make sure it looks right. It's just really right, visual right. with me. Uh, and then I have a ruler. And once I get it sitting on the jig straight or uh, on its wheels, I'll put them on. I just cut the ruler up there just to make sure it's close. But I don't go crazy with it, man, because I, I think of all the, the judging, what they say, mark one eyeball. A judge isn't going to go up there with a ruler. Exactly. You know, you know it, and I, Peter, Peter, Peter mentions Mark one eyeball right there in his, in his yep. email. I didn't, I didn't get to that, uh, all of it, but, um, and that's really it right it, there. It, it, alignment is, it's a, I use Mark it, model eyeball, kit, it's pick it up. I right use away. the, I use the, so like for Hornet tails, when I built mine, um, the, um, you know, the Hasegawa, if anybody's built that Hasegawa Hornet, there's a little bit of play. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't give you a nice solid um, sort of location uh, or, you know, locating tab to be able so that there's no play. So what I did is I just take my, you know, detail and scale Hornet book that has the line drawings and put that up on my bench. And then I have the model and I make sure that the angle matches the drawing right behind. That's a great it. idea. 
So that's, that's how I do it. And then as far as gear goes, it's just hard. It, it I, I mean, I don't know how many times that, cause gear alignment to me is like my, that's probably my number one pet peeve is a crooked wheel. It just it, makes my blood boil when I see well, it. It, it, just, <laughs> it just, it just sticks out. It just I mean, sticks out. I, well, I can a, see us if it's off by just a hair, my eye just goes straight to it. And so I, but I, completely recognize the fact that it is really hard to get a wheel because even if you, let's say you glue it, right? Most people, they glue, they wait. I don't know however long they're waiting. And then what do they do? They put it on the freaking wheel. And then you come back the next morning and you're like, well, sons of bitches, it's crooked. You, you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta, I, whenever I glue my wheels on, well, I'm starting to do with what Whitey and you guys epoxy. do, which is epoxy. Yep. So yeah. now, granted, you know, and you, you, once it's set, it's set, man. <laughs> you're good to go. So you better get it right. That's the <laughs> your 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 time to play with it. So I I typically try to. But you got a good working time though. Yeah, but I mean, it's not can, holding. Yeah, but it's not holding. On the right? It's, it's it's gooey. It's gooey for the first couple minutes. Right, but right? that's the working time, right? So even if it's five minute epoxy, you've really got about ten minutes where you could really you can yeah. massage it if you need to. Yeah, I'm I, I am a I use usually I'll use super glue to hold it, and then I hit it back with extra thin, and then I let it sit without putting any weight on it for a couple of days. Yeah. I just don't touch it. And um, now, so, how do you go about letting it sit though? What are you putting it on? Because you're not going to sit it on the gear, and here's my thing it's, with gear. I don't set it on any. I don't set it. I have like a. I usually right. use like a paint jar underneath. Yeah, the yeah. Flat part. Okay. So that See, I got, I'm not resting it on the gear. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple of one, one, two, three blocks, which are you know machine, yeah. machine yeah. blocks. Uh, you know, so I know they're flat and straight, ninety, yeah. ninety degrees, That's all a that great kind of tip shit. tool yeah. of the um, week, man. One, two, three blocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's and so wheels. That's are, what I'll use to set, uh, to set the model on, and then it, wheels are tricky. I mean, they are. It, yeah, it's my least favorite part of of building is when it comes time to attach the gear because it's so, it's gonna make a break, you man. Yeah, yep. that's wheels. You know, when it comes to the, the landing gear yep. legs too. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and well, that's let's what, go yeah. back to our in general. you know model geek's favorite seems to be our favorite kit, the uh, Haskawa A four. What, what what is one of the big problems with the Haskell A4? Yeah, you got to build up. I can't remember which strut you have to build up. It's so the, the uh, one's, uh, it's a starboard one, yeah, right? Real though, isn't starboard landing gear leg that's uh, too long? I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. One of the uh, sockets that the gear goes into, one yeah. of them is too short or too yeah. long. However you want to look, so it's crooked. Yeah, it's gotta, yeah. Yeah. you don't you don't fix yeah, that. You're gonna gotta, have wonky. And it's pretty obvious here. too. If you look at it, if you look at the wing, you're like, "Oh shit, yeah, there it yeah. is." Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I like those those trailing type of gear, like a Hornet. Oh man, those, the only reason why my hard. only reason why my wheels are straight on the Hornet is because it's white metal gear, so you can bend it once you get it um, glued. And I didn't touch it; I let it dry solid. Um, I, I was able to griddle. <laughs> I was able to bend. I was able to bend the wheels because it's metal, <laughs> you know, so that make sure that they're straight. Yeah. Um, but a hornet, you know, and, and like uh, even on the um, some of the Tamiya kits, um, you know, they do a pretty decent job of solid attachment points. But I, I, I want to, I have a, I want to ask all of the model manufacturers 
please, 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 please beef up your freaking attachment points for your landing gear. Like make that's, them that's really key. stout, you know? That's that's key. Yep. And, and don't make them round. Model, I think a lot of model, model manufacturers are getting on board with yep. that. Yep. Don't that's, make them round. Make them try make them either a triangle or a square. So that there is when you put it in, there is no play. Don't make them round. These round attachment are you kidding me? Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Or shallow, the shallow attachment points. Holy goodness. Yeah, that's it's the just one horrible. thing I like about this mean kit. They are nice uh, and solid. Well, they're long slots. Yeah. And they yeah. are positive, man. When you put it in there, it's in there. Uh, it, it, it's not going to. I, I've got the gear sitting in there. Matter of fact, uh, Whitey and Frillo saw it the other night. That gear is not glued in there. Yeah, it's just sitting. There. Yeah, and it was sitting. It was solid. Sitting right, huh? I sit right yeah, on the cool. wheels with no glue or nothing, and it's it awesome. straight as an arrow. So, yeah, good deal. So, Peter, um, you know the 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 media question there was how you guys go about making making <laughs> stabs and landing yesterday. <laughs> as you just heard, it's there's no definitive. It's answer. kit dependent. It's, the, the, I like that. I like that you recognize Mach one eyeball because that is really key. Because I mean that that that's kind of you know you. you you sit. You, when it comes down to it, you step back from and, and your, from your model a good couple of feet and look. And if something is off, it's gonna it's gonna show itself. I, to you. I do use a ruler to make sure my wingtips are level. And but I I mean when I say level within like a millimeter or so because I can make that up whenever yeah. I flatten the tires. Yeah, you know it's yeah. And and yeah. there's no jet out there. That is perfectly level. So. No, I love like Frills yeah. talked about those pictures of the C one thirty over at VX twenty. Oh man, where they're the like, look, they totally, Madam yeah. Ding would totally ding VX twenty on those aircraft, yeah. man. Well, and that's you know that's you know when it comes down to it, when you're talking scale model world, um, it's <laughs> that's not going to fly when it comes. Well, to we judging, need to change right? that thought process. You know? Oh, that, I mean, it's kind of like, it's, you know, it's kind of like the email, the guy, not the email, the, the, there was a post on Jaxcon and the guy's canopy was a little bit raised. That canopy was his, way off. Well, maybe, maybe it's not closed all the way. No, that. It, well, maybe, you know, maybe my 130 doesn't have a full bag of fuel in the port wing. So that's why, you know, so again, when it comes down to modeling though, that's not going to be something that's. I think the only uh, way you could get away with that, Whitey, is if you had pictures yeah. of the aircraft that you're modeling that showed it was you know, off kilter sure. for yeah. some reason. I've seen you know, that but, too. People put photo albums of the real airplanes in there. Well, you could just build your model straight. You could. But that's <laughs> right. but it's tough though. Why, that, why I, are you I will busting say, my balls? It is. That's the hottest. I mean, again, I hate putting gear on. It's the hottest. Oh part. no, Hans Briggs! Always <laughs> busting my balls, Hans. That's a great movie. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on to our stack of email. Um, Chris Sieber, writing in from Peterborough, Ontario, Ontario Canada. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I, I will say this. Peter also has a uh, Instagram page. Luftstrom72.com. Luft. Luft. Luftstrom. Luft. Yes. Uh, guy does Oak Stand work. I follow him on my Instagram. Ah. Uh, that's L U F T R A U M seven two dot com. So uh, check him I out. Follow man. him too. Um, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, so anyway, his his uh, email is great. Episode guys, 
all the more so lucky riding riding home uh the random comment generator blessed me with uh, one of the furball tomcat decal sheets so he's one of our winners yep. in the giveaway cool and um is it a coincidence that the day episode 27 dropped i'd ripped down to wheels and wings hobbies in toronto <laughs> and bought my first 148 scale tomcat uh kit sweet so there you go <laughs> wise choice <laughs> great kit uh uh, you guys were briefly talking about cataloging and tagging reference photos, and he recommends Adobe Lightroom is a super program for this. It also just happens to be a good photo editor for your model photos. And Darren, I immediately thought yep. of you because I believe that's what you're using, right? That's exactly right. I, I do I do yeah. use Lightroom, and there is a uh, uh, what's it called metadata or yeah metadata uh, feature in there, so you can add stuff in there like I'll tags. Take your word for it. Yeah, okay. I have not used that feature, uh, but All I right. can see where you could put uh, keywords in there or data to catalog. I, I just haven't played with it. And again, going back to his Instagram site, if you look at the photos on his Instagram, uh, great photography yeah, uh, and everything's clean. Yeah. And yeah, so oh, there's no doubt. Lightroom that. is light. Lightroom's the poop, man. It's a it's yep. a good it's so, a good program. Uh, kind of a bonus hobby shop shout out here to the uh, Wings and Wheels folks at Toronto. Uh, he do, he does mention that the staff who will bend over backwards to help, great selection and prices, and the owner even gifted my daughter a little Bandai Pokemon ca- uh, kit out of kindness. Uh, it's due to no sm- it's due in no small part to shops like Wing- Wheels and Wings that the hobby will continue to flourish. Uh, so great great job there for the folks at Wings and Wheels. Keep jacking you know that up. Wheels and wings. From, from his mouth to God's ear, my friend. We need more. <laughs> we need more. I, I, you know what? I don't care how big the shop is, even if it's a little one. Just something in the community yeah. to help spread it. All right. Um, here's a good one, too, that will uh, prompt you all some discussion. Uh, this comes from down under Nathan Nimrod Bradford coming out of Canberra, Australia. Been there. Great hey place. guys, yeah, have you? Have. yeah, good town. Yeah. I've been to Victoria, uh, but Adelaide. I haven't been over to New South Wales. I, I went to ever. Canberra. The only my only problem with Canberra was is they roll up the sidewalks at like eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. It's oh, dark, really? yeah. It's, but uh, yeah, we got to go watch Parliament and session and everything else there. It was a uh, all right, yeah, exactly. It, Capital of Australia. Right. A lot of people think Sydney. Yeah, it's Canberra. <laughs> Yeah, had a great time. Loved okay. it. I was there for two weeks. So he says, hey, guys, been listening to many modeling podcasts of late while enjoying them all. I think you guys share my interests most closely. Well, thank you. I've been an aircraft technician in the Royal Australian Air Force for a very long time. 28 years going on. Man. Working on F-111s, classic Hornets, Super Hornets, and most recently the EA-7, the E-7A Wedgetail uh, Airborne Early Warning Aircraft. Um, he recently joined the model club, the Australian capital territory scale modelist society. And his question is, as you all have worked and operated on aircraft that you presumably have modeled, except for Scott (laughs) over the years, (laughs) how do you get past the, it's not exactly how I remember it feeling. Um, so when I read that email, I was like, oh man, yeah, we've all pretty much built stuff that we've worked on. Uh, me, CODs, E2s, a few P3s. Um, Darren, you've done your Hornet gig. Do you ever get the feeling that uh, when you're building, uh, 
that it's not exactly how you remember it. Like, do, do you work, do you sweat the small stuff? Um, I think that's what he's getting so, at here. You so know? real quick, if, if you don't mind me jumping again, sorry, I don't mean to be yeah. stealing the front of this, but, uh, he, he said he worked on the uh, Legacy Horn and the Super Horn program. And I, I mentioned I was in Canberra. Yep. I was there in Canberra with the Super Horn program working on the Arkham Missile stuff. So I, I, I'm not, now I'm starting to wonder if we didn't guy. cross paths. Uh, but you mentioned the Hornet that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And this is really only the second Hornet I've done. The first one I didn't even finish. I shelved it. And it was for the very same reason. Uh, don't build what you worked on because you know it too well. I was always afraid I wasn't <laughs> going to be able to do it the justice that I felt it needed. And you know what? Deep down, I think that's what our own Nemo might be faced with here. He's wanting to build the. Uh... No, you know, I don't know. It's just it, it's not that I can't that that I want it to be perfect or whatever. I just um, it's just a big complicated model oh, it to is. do a 53 so yeah and so that's i mean you know and and um that's probably the only reason why i haven't started it is just mm. you know it's a lot of work um and of course i'd want to do it right but i'm not going to sweat that every single nook and cranny and everything is perfect See, and all that, that. I, i'm I, afraid i could care i, I do now nah. nah, i never worked on I, super hornet so i can build the hell out of that one uh it's the legacy that's my issue but for real you've you've built several p3s for other people but you haven't built one for yourself yeah. is that the reason why you haven't done yours nope no i think it's just because like for a p3 you know like i want to have it with the flaps down and the only way to do that is to uh <clears throat> get that that's part of it man aftermarket resin company that makes uh makes the flaps and also makes the uh the rear part when the ladder when the door is open you can kind of like see up in there and so I just haven't come across that stuff yet. And I have a vision of how I want to, not so much look, but I have a Buno in mind and everything. And and I'll just do it. I'm not going to sweat too much because, you know, it's for me. And yeah, I just haven't really wanted to put forth the effort to cut the flaps and you know, open the bomb bay. I know Edward makes a bomb bay set for it. Edward makes a photo etch. But that goes back to what I was just saying. You you know where all the uh, little details are, and you want to make it as perfect as you can. You know, it gets away from yeah. what we were talking about with with Spencer. I think for me, it was literally I only had one fifty three model, and so I was like, you know, my whole story with the uh, I need to have more than one. Well, you have like ten now, so there's no excuse. Now I got like now I have three, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I should be good to go. I mean, I, I definitely want to build a 53. I just, um, it's just going to be a lot of work. That's all. I got to do my A4. For, I got to finish the A6. Got to finish the, do my A4, finish the SU-27. I, you know, I'll try yeah. maybe next year to, to do it. Cause it's not a, I mean, it's an easy paint job. Well, it's you know? like, what, what color it's is just, it? What, what FS color is that? It's like a greenish. No, it's just that, it's just a gunship gray. Is it gray? Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. it looks gray because of all the hydraulic fluid it that just leaks gets everywhere. Dirty as hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had get, one. Getting back to the uh, yeah. Nimrod's question here about, um, you know, the, the building stuff that we've worked on. The COD, the C2 is probably the most recent thing that I've built that I've you know have, uh, that I'm familiar with. Beautiful kit. Building, too, the, you know, by the way, the yeah, exactly. The kinetic kit is a great kit. Um, 
I was going to build it with, or I did build it with the, with the rear cargo hat, uh, you know, ramp open now. And for me, you know, because I was familiar, I know when you, when you're standing at the back cargo door, when that thing's open, the overhead is immediately viewable to you. You know, it's, 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 it's plain as day and you have a lot of, um, there's a lot of like lattice structure up there, uh, that supports like, um, soundproofing that's never in the airplane. It's kind of removed. It's like the just, H3 is not there. <laughs> yeah, it just it just gets in the way. Um, so that stuff's gone, and which exposes uh, the uh, hydraulic actuator up there for the elevators and the rudders and everything. And also in just forward of that is the uh, rack that all the uh, survival gear is stowed. So when I was building that kit, I was like, man, I just can't leave this gaping hole because, I mean, it's a big opening back there. And I couldn't just leave it open. So I wound up, you know, getting a little crazy with the cheese was up there and doing some scratch building uh, to dress up that area. Uh, and then uh, just also the cargo seats in the kit, the structure uh, for the frame for the supports is solid. And in the real airplane, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's skinny legs, uh, you know, and for the first couple of rows, I had to chop off the thick uh, supports that they provide in the kit. And I just scratch built some, um, I used some uh, plaster struct, uh, structure to uh, to make the legs look like they're in scale and, and, and skinny. Um, so and so I, I can relate to what Nathan's saying there um, because I couldn't just leave well enough alone. Uh, I think the next one I build will probably have the cargo ramp closed so I don't have to go so nuts. <laughs> I think somebody else did that with their tracker, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Take a shot. All right. Hey, did I mention that he's currently that he's you know what he's currently working on? Yeah, uh, Airfix Canberra. Did I mention that? No, okay. it's in the email. Oh, yeah. Uh, come on, Darren, play along, man. <laughs> Jeez, be a team player. <sighs> Jesus, sorry. You're no fun. Sorry, man. I'm not taking you to the comedy. I, I read them too, man. I know. <laughs> okay. All right, next on the list. Boy, I told you, we have a stack of friggin' emails, but it, it's all some, am I right? Good content. That's it's really, really, I mean, they're, great they're, it's almost like, and, yeah, each each email is like its its own main topic, it's, you know, because we, I mean, we yeah. could go on and on, for, talk about Navy aircraft weathering. I mean, jeez. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right, so, hey, before I wrap up emails, I got to back up to uh, Nathan Nimrod's um, email again. Nathan Bradford, because um, he, he, another bonus hobby shop shout out for the folks down in T- Canberra. Uh, Toy, Toy World Fishwick in Canberra is uh, their local uh, club's local hobby shop. So uh, if you're in the Canberra, New South Wales area, go uh, check it out. Um, and thank you all. Thank you all for writing in. That gave us a lot to talk about. Um, if you have a, uh, a question, a show idea, or just want to say you're tuning in, feel free to toss us a, a, a message here at contact at modelgeekspodcast.com. Or um, if you're familiar with our Facebook page, drop us a message there. We uh, try to stay on top of that, answering uh, people's comments. And uh, by all means, post pictures of your, uh, of your current in-progress builds. Uh, in the community section there, man. I mean, it's, you know, right there. Toss them out there. We love looking at other people's work, of course. All right, for our main topic tonight, we're going to talk about taking the hobby on the road. Uh, and by that, I mean, um, 
you know, in our club, we do uh, club builds or nerd nights. Um, we've mentioned it here before that we are for- fortunate enough to belong to a great model club here at the NAS Pax River area, uh, the Southern Maryland scale modelers. Uh, fantastic club, great people. Um, so great that even we, we got a guy, Craig Bomber. He's one of our newer members. He travels all the way down from Baltimore to attend our Thursday evening meetings. Um, I think he's, uh, I don't think he's paid up on his membership yet though. So I got to hit him up on that <laughs> tomorrow night. Um, one of our regular activities though is, is, uh, as a club, our, our quote nerd nights, um, or group build get togethers. Um, I'm not exactly sure when, when the first one was held, but I'd, I'd say they go back probably what, four or five years or so. Yeah. At um, least. Yeah. At least. I mean, uh, I know I've been, we've got, I don't know how many I've been to. I, I don't have a count here, but it probably started a little after we got here in 08. Right. So, um, so for our listeners out there, how it works is, um, one of our members volunteers to host at their home on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, we all show up typically anywhere, I don't know, five to 10 of us, uh, hang out, build models, shoot the breeze, drink a few beers. Uh, there's usually a game on in the background or a war movie or something on the TV. Uh, and we, and hang out and work on models. Uh, and the host, he, uh, usually, you know, there's going to be snacks out. Uh, and later on, this is what this is one of the cool things I like about it. Later on, the host cooks dinner. I mean, we'll, we're there till like five six o'clock, so the host will cook yeah. dinner. Uh, so we'll spend a good four or five hours uh, social socializing, building away. It's a it's a fantastic way to spend a Saturday afternoon with your modeling buddies, especially in uh, in those times of uh, year that the model shows and contests are at a lull. Um, even during COVID, uh, we, we were still able to hold a few get-togethers. Um, not out, not in anyone's home though. Um, we were able to hold them at uh, one of our members. He manages an uh, environmental education center, John, and uh, they made their space available to us. And uh, so we were able to still meet and build uh, with plenty of social distancing space. Uh, the only drawback there was um, the the no home cooking. We had to uh, order pizza, yeah. um, but still, make makes for a great Saturday afternoon to hang out if you have nothing else planned. Um, so for us, so the geeks, you're heading out to a nerd night. A, what are you building? What are you bringing as far as supplies? How do you prepare? And if you're hosting, what are you cooking for dinner? Yeah. And I, and Whitey, I, you know, I'm just, I was kind of skeptical. I was like, that's, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's, that's not going to be enjoyable. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a solitary builder. Like I like to build by myself and quiet time. And I have, I throw on my, you know, band of brothers or whatever I'm going to be having in the background or, you know, does some music or whatever. And I put the thinking cap on and I concentrate while I'm building. And so my, when you guys first talked about it, I was just kind of skeptical. I'm like, man, I'm not interested in that. I don't think that that would be enjoyable. And you guys were like, come on, man, like all the cool kids are doing it. Give it a shot. So I'm like, man, all right, whatever. I'll try it. And I have to say, like, it only took one nerd night and I was, I thought it was awesome. It was just so much fun to sit around, shoot the shit with everybody, work on models a little bit, eat some good food, get inspired to maybe, you know, build. Of course, the fun part for me is like rummaging through the stashes, um, looking at all the the host. Yeah, love the host, looking at all their built kits. What what does their shelf of doom look like? You know, what are their what does their paint selection look like? What kind of brushes are they using? 
you know, how, what's their setup look like, you know, and just how are they organizing all their shit? You know, where do they store all their models? How many, what's their stash look like? How big is it? You know, it's just, it's so different than just getting together and building models. It's, it are, and it's, I think we're so lucky. Why do you hit on it? It's, we're so lucky to have the group that we have. We all get along. And, and when we go to have the nerd night, I mean, there's like 15, 20 people, you know, it's, it's awesome. So yeah, I might've read a little shot of my yep. uh, numbers. I, there. I think that, uh, so for those that might think, nah, that sounds stupid. I'm not going to do that. That's how I was. I was yeah. just, I would just say, give it a shot, give it a try because I think you'll re- I really enjoy it. And, and I miss doing that, you know, COVID it just, it just kind of sucked, you know, cause it, takes that funness out of the hobby that i didn't even know was there and it's almost like a little mini mini super mini show where you get around you just shoot the shit and build models drink some beer watch a game and it's good so i highly encourage people to do it the one one thing you don't mention there is and and it happened just the other night while we're shooting pictures over here i was sitting here developing pictures in lightroom and all of a sudden i hear the boxes start opening I look over my shoulder, <laughs> and there's why I, I told Frill, I said, oh, oh, Whitey's in the boxes over there. And he's over there sniffing plastic yeah. and looking in uh, panel lines, man. <laughs> well, because exactly that, though. You know, I've got you kids had a kid you on might the shelf there that I'm like, exactly. You had that, you know, those uh, Trumpeto F100C, yeah. and I was like, eh, I got the F model. What's the C model look yeah. like? And, of course, you know, very similar. Uh, but I wanted to get a look at it. So it's there. The, the, cellof- the cellophane is removed from the box, so it's fair game. Let's That's take a right. look. Uh, I wasn't spilling sprues out onto your table to lose parts. Or no, but like you that. could. Man. Break yeah, but, but you could. Yeah. So. Yeah. Break the bag. Even, you even, if, you know, even if we actually, if, uh, one of these days, I'd certainly want to have a, a nerd night here at the house. And, uh, you know, most of my kits are still wrapped in the freaking plastic uh, but if somebody wants to take a look at it, of course I'll open it for them. Bring you know? an exacto knife to your it's all place. Good. Man. Well, I got a bunch. I got a bunch sitting right here. You know. So, like I said, like so, prepping for one of these though, I admittedly, I, I, I typically don't plan ahead of time to airbrush and get into any real heavy yeah. detail when when yeah. it comes to my builds. Um, maybe I should get away from that. Maybe I shouldn't be so serious about what I'm building, right? Uh, you know, typically I'll, I'll take a kit that um, that I'm, I'm prepping parts for, or that I can just do assembly on and not yeah. have to worry about painting. So that's I'm I, I'm thinking about this ahead of time. You know, because again, we're talking about re- working remotely, uh, so you're not going to have all your stuff there. You know, we all pack typically a uh, um, I don't know, call it a go bag, man, like from back in the day. Uh, you know, you're you're going to take your essentials with you, your your favorite yep. cutters, your your knife your favorite set of files and sanding sticks and things like that stuff to clean up parts with. And then, uh, you know, your glues, uh, uh, what's also great though is most of you know, if we're going to someone's house, they're going to have this stuff available too. the the typical consumables are going to be available to you. If you need a bottle of Tamiya thin guaranteed, whoever's house we're at, it's going to have this stuff. We got a pretty experienced group of models that we hang out with. Um, but that's me personally. I have my, small box that i pack stuff into the and essential item though is uh my desktop light uh, i have a small desktop light that you know it's an ot light you know so because i'm gonna need that and the one thing i like about it is ha- it has an attached uh magnifier for my old eyes uh because 
God knows I, I rely on that heavily anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's the and, that's uh, the so, magnifier so that, is that, huge. Yeah, bring that it is the one thing portable. I don't forget. Yeah. yeah, the one time the first one I went to uh, at Vince's house, I didn't bring my magnifier. I had a light with me, but I didn't have any magnification. And I was I, I, I at the time I was assembling some uh, some GSE gear, uh, you know, so a lot of small parts, man. And I was lost. I was like, all right, forget this. I, I want to just packing it away and grabbing a beer out of the fridge and watching the Nebraska game on the TV there. <laughs> Pretty sure Nebraska lost that day too. Sorry, Vince. I think they did. <laughs> That's Vince's you know, team, man. <clears throat> I went to Lowe's and bought one of those little cheap toolboxes, a plastic toolbox. Good it idea. A yeah. tray and like it's kind of like it's about six inches deep or so, eight inches deep. That way I can put like bigger bottles like, you know, whatever you need to put in there. And so that way, all I got to do is just, I'll pack that up like the night before so that it's ready to go. And I just grab it on the way out. Yeah, It's almost like you pack, when I, when I go, I just pack up same thing, nothing that I'm going to be painting. It's just all prepping parts and, you know, clipping and sanding and, and gluing. Um, so it's almost like a, like a fix it kit, but maybe a couple more essential pieces, yeah. you know, maybe a scriber, uh, a needle and a chuck, you know, maybe some drill bits, um, you know, something again that shits shits that <laughs> fits inside of talk about getting a mouthful. There we go. It fits inside of like uh, I have those clear containers uh, from container uh, from container store that I use for my fix it kit when I go to a show and uh, I'll just add a couple of more pieces of gear in there, whether it's you know, I don't know, some sanding sticks or some type of a file or needle nose pliers or whatever else I might, toothpicks um, oh, or, you know, or uh, cotton Q-tips, buds. Yeah. cotton buds. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Just, in, but yeah. like you said, Whitey, like there have been a couple of times where I'm like, damn it, I need a whatever. And then Vince or Mike or Tim are like, oh, I got a set for it or whatever you need. So it's just, again, I, I, I can't over... Um, emphasize enough how it's the camaraderie that yeah. makes it so much fun. Like we all just sit around. It's like we're a bunch of grown kids, you know, it's fun, yeah, man. It's a good Hanging time. In the man. basement, uh, banging yeah. away on kits. Like, uh, like we used to do. You've, you guys have seen that, uh, the commercials from progressive with don't be like your parents commercials, you know, <laughs> where like they go to the ball game and the guy's like, Oh, we've really parked in a great spot here. So, you know, uh, um, we can, if we, when we got to leave, uh, we'll be, we'll be near the exit. The guy was like, okay, let's go ahead. Let's, let's head on up to the, to the, to the stadium. The guy's like, yeah, um, is everybody still planning on leaving the third quarter? And he's like, okay, let's, let's not talk about leaving when we haven't even uh, got to the game yet. You know, I'm like, oh my God, that's so me. It's just crazy. But, um, I don't even know where the hell I was going with this, but, um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, squirrel. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, I think, I think ultimately it's, uh, it's a, you know, it's a big group of, of grown guys. I mean, we're all, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, and, uh, it's, it's a chance to kind of be a kid again. And like the, I remember what it was. The one guy was like, he's like, Oh, look, a variety pack. And he's like, it's, it's a party, not a play date. And I'm like, Oh, hell no. For us, it's like a play date, man. I'll get all your model buddies together. Got your little variety pack and your freaking Capri Suns. Oh man, it's good times. You remember, Just throwing some freaking you know, glue and we're good to go. You guys were talking about uh, toolboxes, and 
and, and of course, you know, uh, Nemo carries on with the, the stuff he carries in his little box. But the neatest setup I've ever seen is El Presidente. Yeah, yeah he's got a makeup case. Thing, it does. It? It's and, like a and makeup. His, yeah. his setup, which is on wheels Your with different sections, he now just leaves at home and he rolls it right over to his desk. So not, not only is he able to take it on the road with him, but it keeps his hobby room cleaner, too. And uh, I, you know, I'll I'll say, Tim, uh, we need pictures. We'll put it on our Facebook page. But that that little <laughs> that whole setup is cool, man. I, I look at I'm looking at so you know I'm sitting at my bench right now and I'm looking. I'm like, man, I all this crap. What the hell? Where would I? What, where well, would I, I put? And I use it all too. I I don't know, man. I I don't. Oh, I don't you haven't know. been here since I put this new Artie station thing oh, up over here. These guys yeah. saw it, man. I got. Yeah. I, I don't know where I put everything now, man. Now so. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that I've got to go uh, overseas here within the next month or so. And part of that has me having to quarantine for five to seven days. What better time to sit in a room and work on models, right? But while you're over while there, I'm over you there. mean going. Yeah. Right? So in transit, yep. But uh, who was it that mentioned airbrush? You don't take an airbrush or a compressor or anything? With you? No, I, yeah, when, no. If I'm going to work remotely, I'm, I'm not. I typically don't plan that I'm going to do any painting. Yeah, you know that yeah. portable airbrush thing these? would be a good thing for that. There you go. Oh then. man! Right so what, for the listeners, what I'm holding up is the little testers Aztec blue electric air compressor. Well, even, this thing uh, was awesome. Remember, so we need to, that what's spray it? gunner stuff. Yeah, on oh, yeah that's, that's the best one. That's what we need. Yeah, that little rechargeable, that little rechargeable compressed. Yeah, we need yeah. one of the, that's perfect. But this little thing right here is money, man. That little Aztec, you can get it for sixty bucks on eBay right now, brand new. Is it pretty quiet? Oh, yeah. It's just a little electric, All right. little electric thing. Man, they're they're great. My thing, as far as that, like I know, I can go to whoever's hosting is going to have a compressor Absolutely. or CO two. Uh, my thing is like the mixing of paint and things like you know we all have our own techniques that we do. And I got my setup behind me here that I, you know, or, you know, how I mix paint. I just want to make sure I have everything that I'm going to need. And typically that's, you know, I don't want to have to rely on someone else if I, if I, if I plan on doing some critical portion of my, my project. Um, you know, so that's where I, I like to just do that sitting here at my, uh, at my bench, you know, uh, where I'm comfortable at. Um, you know, so that's why when I typically plant, it, Scott nails it on the head, be, uh, my thing is I'm going there for the social yeah. aspect of it uh, more than the, the, what I'm going to get done today yeah. on this particular kit thing. Exactly. Um, I'm going there to hang out with the guys and, um, be with the, be with I, the club, club nerds, man. I've got several different ones that we've had where I've taken and I've had, you know, a goal, but <laughs> you know, I want to be at this point by the time I leave. And yeah, that just goes out the windows because I'm sitting there drinking beers and, you know, shooting the exactly, shit on the yeah. couch and just having a good time and eating a wing or something. You know, I got, I got, three, I got two I got three beer, beer limit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, really? I, 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 run, I run about yeah, a two man. or three beer limit when it comes to modeling, man. It depends. If it's like Coors Light, I can, I can usually, I can put down <laughs> a, a, a couple and, and be oh, all no, right. When I'm yeah. a nerd night, I'm but drinking. <laughs> I'm stuff. just having a good time, man. Nah, it's a man. social event. Two. Three tops, and after that, modeling's done, and I'm just on drinking yeah. beer. It's a social event for me, and I, I see a lot of these happening too with the, with Facebook. Of course, uh, you see other club uh, folks 
posting photos of their clubs getting together. I think there's a club up in uh, Canada somewhere with the Greybeards or something like that. They all get together. And um, I want to say that Dave, uh, Dave from Model Mojo, his club out there in uh, Kentucky, they, they get together and do the yeah. same thing every, uh, you know, a couple times uh, a month. Well, I will say that, uh, we, you know, with the, uh, my Facebook group, Grumpy Old Scale Modelers, that's, that's kind of what started it here locally, right? We, we started doing it and, uh, our buddy Vince would go live into the group and he would do the, yeah, yeah, walk yeah, around. Yeah. And we, and we did start seeing a lot of other, <laughs> a lot of other stuff pop up at that point. So, you know, it's, uh, you're saying we started a trend? No, no, I'm not saying that. I, I don't know. If no, not us. He I don't did. know if we started a trend or if we just started to notice it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to say we started a trend. It, it may have already been happening. I know that uh, the whole hashtag make modeling social uh, thing was big. Uh, I'd like to keep that up because I really do think that that's a chance for not, hey, you get two guys that end up going over to uh, the house and modeling and having beers and a pizza together. That turns into a club. Exactly. You know, there's yeah. no telling where that's going to go. So, uh, you can't have the greasy food out though, while you're building, man, it's gotta be like finger foods. Like, well, not even then really, because you're getting shit all over. Frildo, your I can't, I do, <laughs> do not talk eating. to me about greasy food. I see you with a wing in your mouth, just sucking the fat off of it. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, believe it or not, I don't do I don't do wings. You don't do wings. What's the matter with you? I don't know. I just I don't know. I'm not big I'm not a big wing person. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> oh, man. I, I only say that because I love you and that's why I eat a wing, man. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't do wings either. Oh, I man. love them. I just, it's nothing but bones. You get like a little bitty old sliver of chicken. Oh. Now, boneless wings. I'll, I'll do because they're chicken nuggets. I got, oh, I got yeah. Frill those guys in the dough. <laughs> you know what? You're damn right. <laughs> in a sippy cup. I yeah, did. that's like Old Town Pub has got those uh, boneless, on those boneless wings. Yeah, man. Oh, man. That's good. Yeah. Those, you know, those fancy chicken nuggets. Thing man, that's uh, throw me a little mac and cheese and oh no, I'm I'm sucking oh boy, I'm sucking me some meat off a of wingette and I'm going over there and gluing some parts together, man, <laughs> and hitting the long neck. <laughs> I mean, some of those nerd nights though. I mean, we've had a full on like spread, man. Like one night we had uh, Mike used to go crazy, called, man. Yeah. He would cook all yeah. kinds of stuff. It was yeah, Mike would. Do we had that night. Meals. It was uh. I think one night Vince made like pulled pork or something with uh, French fries or tar- yeah. like potato salad or something, and then Mike like chili and something else. And I had I had taco night here stuff. one night. I think we did tacos or yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we did tacos. You've hosted? Oh one? yeah, I've had, Darren I've hosted has a couple. Yeah. Okay, I must up. Uh, I must have missed those you ones. Um, I'm due to host after see after. I don't. Uh, after I don't Nemo. have the room anymore but, now no. that I'm working from home. So. Oh, you can move that stuff out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Could. yeah. I'm on the hook right after Nemo is when I'm hosting. So, yeah. Oh man, Michelle's yeah, I, I Michelle's going to shoot you. Start moving couches around. I'm, I'm, She's fine with it. <laughs> Her thing is, uh, you know, we're carpeted down here, so yeah, get the saran wrap out. It's going to look built, like Dexter in there. 
Yeah, it's gonna look like Dexter. That's what I said. It was like, oh, man, that's a good. That we'll, was a good show, man. I'm we'll sorry. This place look. We'll make it look like a crime scene down here. Um, but like Matt Porter says in his email about a, uh, you know, taking a um, primarily solitary hobby, something like this makes it social. And, Hashtag um, make it social. That, make modeling social. That, yeah, that that's what a that's what a good nerd night will do, and um, and hopefully if you're listening out there and you know you you're part of a club and you haven't done something like that, you know, talk about it, bring it up and, uh, see who, see who wants to get one started. Um, and again, if you, if you're a modeler out there and you're in, you know, you're unfortunate enough to not have a club nearby by all means, um, you know, look, look, look into starting one, perhaps, you know, you, you're never too far from another, from another modeler. Um, anything else to add on, on a nerd night? Who's, uh, who's looking forward to the next one? Me. I am. Yeah, man. Good Hopefully times. We can get them. We can get them kicking back again here uh, as yep. the you know, warmer weather approaches. That's typically when the shows, you know, decline. So that that that's when the nerd night weekends kick on. <clears throat> but all right, though. Good good talk. Good discussion on that stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one for sure. Uh, and hopefully, again, if you uh, have a club, you guys can get something like that going. Or if you're already doing them, uh, I hope you can get them started back up again post-COVID and all that other stuff. Let me, let, just real quick before we roll out, there's there's other ways to do this. And we, we've done a couple with some of the other pods here. And you can do them virtually, right? So no, we, yeah. we do Zoom. Yeah, like you what? can do the Zoom. Twice a month And now? Uh, we did the ones with the make, uh, just making conversation where we did the 48-hour build and, uh, and things like that. So there, there's ways to get together virtually They've as well. They've got another one of those coming up. Yeah, yep. in March, right, yeah. for I'm, their I'm birthday again. A, I'm going to do like a a gun or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> something simple or a but, uh, figure. But, but my point, you know, until we're completely out of the COVID deal, if you got want to get together with your buddies and do stuff you can do it you know virtually as well and um, is it the same as just sitting in the room shooting shit no but it it works yeah minus the finger food and dinner yeah yeah all right let's take this thing home raj all right another episode in the books i hope you all enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sitting in discussing this hobby and we want to thank you for making us a part of your valuable bench time. I hope you can join us for the next podcast. In the meantime, be excellent to each other and get out there and build something. Out from the geeks. Take care, everybody. See ya. See ya. Peace out, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>